is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get arrest! No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. December 6th, ladies and gentlemen, from a new show and for a new show of the Sports Loudmouth. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our apps. Yes, go to Apple, and right now it is up and running. All you have to do is go to WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy Petey, Tuesday, it's usually Wednesday when we start our week. But again, I have a lot of work to do for the network during the late parts of the week. So we're starting our show early this week. How are you? I'm doing all right. Action uh, jam-packed weekend. We had an event. Shout out to the uh, Franchella family. Absolutely. Uh, it was a fun, Night man. of Hope at uh, SUNY Purchase in Westchester. They put on a fantastic show. A lot of great performances, too. Um, you were singing along. I was singing along, yes. We, we actually got you to see. You almost scared everybody away. <laughs> we actually, Yes, probably. We actually got to see the guy who, Mark. Uh, Mark Martel. Martel, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, who was the actor who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Well, he didn't play. He, he wasn't the actor that played. Played Freddie Mercury. Oh, he, he was the voiceover gotcha. for Freddie Mercury. Yes, in the movie. but I again, Freddie Mercury, arguably the greatest rock voice of all time. A very tough voice to be able to duplicate. He did a fantastic. He job. should have been the actor that played Freddie Mercury. He looked identical to Freddie Mercury. He really yes. did. It was fantastic. Yep, and a couple other uh, fantastic singers as well. Uh, Benson was very good. Joe um, Matarese, the Joe actor, Matarese, yep. he was joining us. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, I want to get him on the show. I'm going to reach out to Rick. I would love to get Joe on the show. Yeah. Very, very funny. But yeah, a lot of great performances there and a, a fantastic event. There was a lot of auction event, uh, auction memorabilia events from sports memorabilia to movies, mm-hmm. a, a, a lot of autograph stuff, a lot of fantastic people there. So shout out to the Franchella family and all of and like we had the opportunity to host the cocktail hour. It was fantastic. Everybody loved us. There was about, I would say, about 250 people that yeah. showed up at certain points of the night. And it was fantastic. And a shout out to Rick and Laura, two fantastic people. And I was very happy, and so were you, Speedy, to celebrate. Well, it wasn't celebrate, but uh, really put our time in and and gave them everything that we had on Saturday night. But uh, it was fantastic, and people loved us. They loved the banter. They loved our sports conversation. And, and a lot of people had the opportunity to hear us live and in color at an event, as we always do. And we love to entertain people. So we'd like to thank the uh, Franchella family and uh, Starlight uh, Entertainment, right? Yes. So thank you to all of them uh, for giving us the opportunity to host the cocktail hour of that wonderful Wonderful event. We were supposed to have, uh, obviously, Sports Vice President of Research and Development, Eric Eager. He couldn't make it tonight. He wasn't feeling very well. So uh, we'll get him on another week. But uh, at 1030, we'll be talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host, our friend, Mr. Brian Drake. I I love Brian. Brian and me, we banter back and forth. uh, and, And by the way, 
The guy knows his sports. So I'm very excited to get Brian on the show. This would be the third time. Third time, yep. Yes, third time in almost two years uh, that he will be joining us. And I, I'm very excited to get Brian on the show. Uh, we're going to get into, obviously, the Mets signing Old Man Verlander. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Old Man Verlander will be on the mound five, every five days. What does that say about the Mets pitching staff? I don't know. Uh, they're, I, I don't know, senior citizens? <laughs> Put them in the museum. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, guys that are going to be 40 in less than a year. Uh, I, I understand what the Mets are trying to do. I understand they were trying to replace uh, their fantastic pitcher in Jacob DeGrom, which we'll get into that as well, signing with uh, the Rangers for a five-year, $185 million contract. But I think going after Justin Verlander and, and giving him two years worth about $85 million was a little outrageous. That's that's just my opinion. But Maybe, maybe Steve Cohen's trying to buy uh, the Natural History Museum. I, I have no idea, but uh, I, I said this last year about Max with the injuries. He is now older, and yes, he didn't have that many injuries in his past, uh, you know, and now, obviously, now present. This year, he had lat problems. He was out twice. He wasn't 100% going into the playoffs, and you saw... Uh, his pitching really started to dip in the second half of the season. So I, I think you're going to see the same with Justin Verlander. I understand he won the Cy Young again this year, uh, but he's going to the National League. And again, he played in the American League all these years. It's a different league. And now there's no shifting. It's a different game. Now, DH will be implemented uh, into the National League rules this year and no shifting. So it'll be very interesting to see how Verlander, you know, except jumping from one one league to another. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Jacob DeGrom signs uh, with the Rangers. Five years, $185 million contract with a six-year option worth about $37 million, and that is a player's option. So if he wants to sign into that six-year, he's going to make $37 million at the age of 40. That's a lot of money. Now, six years from now, it might be nothing. But we'll get into that in just a few moments. Trey Turner signs with the Phillies. Yes, he joins his best friend, Bryce Harper, over there in Philadelphia. A team that made it to the World Series this past year. And now you add probably the best shortstop in baseball, a second best shortstop in baseball, and Trey Turner uh, coming all the way from the Dodgers. So what does that tell you guys? $300 million richer for Trey Turner. And now Philadelphia has not one, but two. $300 million players. So, uh, I, honestly, ownership uh, is going all in going into this season. So, we'll see where this team goes with Thompson as their leading helm head coach or manager over there in Philadelphia. Jimmy G out for the season with a broken foot. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we hear that he might not be out with mm -hmm. a, a broken foot. It's a fracture. So, he could actually play in the playoffs. And that's good news for the 49ers if they expect to make a run all the way to the Super Bowl. A lot of people's favorites after making uh, that trade with the Carolina Panthers for uh, Christian McCaffrey. So, I'm very intrigued to see if Jimmy G will be back. Uh, at the end of the season. Lamar Jackson out for two to four weeks with a PCL sprain. What does that say to Baltimore? Does that hurt Baltimore? Absolutely does. Yeah. So we will get into that. They might miss the playoffs. There are other teams like the Chargers trying, trying to get in. The Patriots, they're only 6-6. Six and six. The Jets lost 7-5. and five. So we'll get into that in a little bit, a little bit later in the show. The Jets lose uh, a tight game against the Vikings 27-22. What does that say about Mike White? He will remain the head of the... The, the leading number one quarterback of the New York Jets. Uh, it seems like the Jets are 
possibly going to stick with Mike White for the rest of the season. I know Salas really didn't give you any answers at the press conference at the end of the game, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Uh, NFL Week 13 recap in Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Ohio State make it to the college football playoffs. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you want to know about Aaron Judge. We will get into that in just a few moments too because I believe by the end of the week, Aaron Judge could be heading to another team. So just wait a little while, and uh, we will get into the whole Judge conversation. And we need Judge. Brett, I'm going to tell you this. I have been saying this for two years. I don't know if you've been listening to the show, but I have said this two years ago. If he becomes a free agent, if the Yankees don't sign him at the end of this year, and that was two years ago, he is going to go elsewhere. And I predicted he was going to go, and Speedy could vouch for it because he was here. He's been working with me for almost five years now. I told everybody that he was going to San Francisco. I said it. They were going to open up. after As soon as Buster Posey retired, I said, here we go. I knew Aaron Judge was not going to be a Yankee if he became a free agent. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to say I hate to say I was right if this happens. And this could happen by the end of the winter meetings this week. I believe it will happen probably around Friday Possibly Saturday, you're going to hear that he signs a a 9- to 10-year deal, which will send him to San Francisco, worth about $375 million, which would make him the highest-paid player in Major League history. So that's my prediction. See if I'm right. But first things first, I want to go into – I want to get into the the whole Justin Verlander thing. Sitting here today, if you're a Met fan, are you happy – to add a player of Justin Verlander's caliber? The answer is, the guy won a Cy Young. Now, we sit back and we understand what Justin Verlander is as a player. We understand who Justin Verlander is coming from the Houston Astros, coming from the Detroit Tigers, being the player that he was for the last 15 years, one of the most dominant forces, one of the most dominant pitchers in the American League. But this guy is not 35 years old. This guy isn't 32 or 33 years old, or Jacob deGrom's age, 34. This is a player that actually is going to be 40 by the end of next season. Starting of the season, he'll be 39. A player that just really had Tommy John surgery. Now, he had a great season coming back from an injury of that magnitude. But you can't sit here today and tell me adding Justin Verlander over, I don't know, Jacob DeGrom, to me, the best pitcher in baseball, is selling me as a Met fan. Now, Jacob DeGrom, he hasn't been healthy for the last three years. We all know that. And and obviously what Jacob DeGrom did in the second half, the three games before the playoffs that he pitched, really, especially against Atlanta, really showed you that J- Jacob DeGrom might not be the same player he once was. And also, if you look at Jacob DeGrom's numbers, after, the f- after five innings, he, his ERA is way over five. But I'm not going to sit here and t- say, if I'm a Mets fan, oh, I'm so happy we got Justin Verlander and we didn't sign Jacob DeGrom. I am not excited about that. Not excited whatsoever. Now, you look at Stevie, Uncle Stevie, or whatever you want to call him, Steve Cohen, and you sit here today and you say, hey, Steve, 
You spent over, what, $1 billion in the last two years. Why would you give a 40-year-old man $86.5 million for two years? I don't know. Uh, I, I can spend that money. I have that money. And by the way, it's only a two-year contract. It's not a five- or a six-year contract, which Jacob DeGrom signed with the Texas Rangers. And everybody's going to sit here. All the Mets fans are going to sit here today and say, hey, the Mets gave him a good deal. The Mets gave Jacob DeGrom the best offer they possibly can. They gave him three years, 120, which make him the second-highest-paid pitcher in Major League history, yearly. Honestly, Jacob DeGrom didn't want to be here. There were stories coming out. I obviously a bunch of writers have said that Jacob DeGrom didn't want to hang in the plug he didn't want to hang in the clubhouse. He didn't want to hang out with anybody. He didn't like the New York life. He wants to live on a farm, on a ranch, after the games and hang out with his children, hang out with his wife. He doesn't want to deal with the camaraderie with the players on his team. Now I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to judge Jacob DeGrom because he didn't want to be a New York man. Who wants to play in New York? Who wants to deal with the taxes? Who wants to deal with the crap that's going on here in New York? Not me. Not anybody. But Jacob DeGrom has been the face of the New York Mets for the last seven years. It's not Pete Alonzo. It's not Francisco Lindor, who was traded for a couple of years ago. It's not Marte, who they just brought in last year in free agency. It's no one. He was the last of that dominant pitching staff that we thought was league-binding. Top of the line. When you had the Black Knight. You had Jacob DeGrom. You had Thor. Steven Matz. You had four of the best young pitchers in baseball that took this team about six years to the World Series. Six years ago. That team is gone. Every one of those pitches. Gone. This organization is rebuilding around who now? The answer? Pete Alonzo. And I've got, I've got news for all you Met fans. Pete Alonzo it will be arbitrated at the end of this year. If the Mets do not give him a contract by the end of this year, he will go through arbitration, and then when he becomes a free agent a year from now or two years from now, he will be gone, just like Aaron Judge. I have been telling New York fans this, and, and this only. This isn't the same New York teams anymore. It's not the Yankees where everybody wants to play in pinstripes because of the endorsements, because the money is here. The money, I mean, obviously, George Steinbrenner, the boss, is no longer alive. You have Hal Steinbrenner trying to maneuver contracts and make contracts work so they stay under the luxury tax. And then you have Uncle Stevie. And everybody says, Uncle Stevie will spend all the money in the world. It doesn't matter about money. That's not quite true. Because if that was the case, he would have gave he would have given Jacob DeGrom that five-year... $185 million contract. And to sit here today and tell me, as all you Mets fans have been saying to me throughout the weekend, that the Mets were right to walk away from Jacob DeGrom, boy, oh boy, 
you guys are going to be very surprised this year with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Injury management, you got to make it work because if otherwise this ancient 40-year-old pitcher experiment is not going to work because you have your all your money strapped into these two and then Lindor with his big contract. Edwin Diaz getting the highest paid closer money by $5 million. So a lot of it is invested all in the percentage of players. Pete Alonso is going to make a massive amount on his arbitration too. Mm-hmm. Aaron Judge got 19 this year. Aaron Judge will probably, or Pete, Pete Alonso will probably get a little 23, lower. 23, 24. No, I think he's going to get, he'll get more. Yeah, because the, the cap's going up. Okay, fair enough. And you look at a case where Teams do not win on top-heavy philosophies very often in baseball. It's very hard to win like that. You can get away with that in basketball, sometimes in hockey. But, again, in baseball, you nearly need some level of balance. And whether you get the pitching from depth in your bullpen, whether you get the pitching depth from your starting pitching, that's the mold you need in today's game because you can't rely on just all these workhorses to be able to do everything. Yeah, there are exceptions. I understand the Nationals that won the World Series. You're not going to build your philosophy on that kind of thinking because look at where they are now, first of all. And second of all, that was an underdog wild card run. That wasn't a very well-put-together team. They were a good team. Were they considered an elite team? No. It was the best run I've ever seen as an underdog, being the Astros the way they did the Dodgers, etc. But still, that's not the way you want to aim to build the team. So, I didn't really like it as a Mets fan. I was hoping they would bring in Carlos Rodon. Even if you, even if you give him the extra year, if you have to give him seven years, that's fine. He's young. He's 29. And he's been healthy the last four years. And then make a trade for another pitcher, too. There were other guys that were available. The Brewers have two pitchers available. Cleveland with Shane to trade pieces, and the right. Mets don't have anything in the farm system. Which I would have, who ra- do they have? Which I would have rather done though than trying to give all this money in all at once and then risk the luxury tax. The Mets then... farm system is one of the worst farm systems in baseball right now, and that's the other problem with doing this because now they're not going to trade Alvarez, their best prospect, who was called up at the end of the season last year and played a, a game or so in the playoffs. They're they're hope they're hoping that they could trade McCann to Texas because that's where he wants to play. Jacob DeGrom and him are very good friends. The Mets want to get rid of that contract, and hopefully this year Alvarez is ready to take over the the reins as the starting pitcher of this team. But again, the Mets don't have anything in their farm system. They're not the Yankees. They're not a Yankee. The Yankees, say whatever you want about the organization and what Brian Cashman has done in the last couple of years. He has built, he has stocked up players for the next five years that will be called up and be big parts, intricate parts of this organization moving forward if Aaron Boone's there or Aaron Boone's not. If Brian Cashman's there or Brian Cashman's not. So again, you look at the Mets. I I understand Uncle Stevie gave what a five year uh, a five year total where he thinks they're going to win a World Series in the next five years. You're two years in and you you really haven't gotten out of the second round. Right. So what are you selling to the Mets fans? Buy your players, buy your team to win championships. It never worked for the Yankees ever. Go! I'm sorry, it did work. One year. It worked in 2009 when they brought CeCe Sabathia, Mark Teixeira, and and A.J. Burnett. That was it. 2009. Remember when when they brought in uh, um, uh, Giambi? It never worked. Jason Giambi never worked. It took seven years after bringing in Alex Rodriguez. Seven years making a trade to bring in Alex Rodriguez before they won a championship. What was it? Alex Rodriguez came to the Yankees in 2002, right? 2004. And then it, and then, I'm sorry, 2004. And then he was thought was of as the most crucified five guy. Five years. Five yeah. years. It, it was the most years. crucified guy for how badly he hit I thought it was playoffs. 2003, actually. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's five years. Five years before they won a championship with Alex Rodriguez. Right. I remember how bad he hit five in the playoffs. Years. He was like the most hated man in New York for how, how bad he was. They, they couldn't buy wins. They brought Carl Provano. Remember him? Yep. 
Uh, Javier Vasquez, remember yeah. him? I could go up and down the roster and players that they brought in. It never worked. It never worked. And they tried to depend on old man Derek Jeter to take this team to the next that next level after 2009. And then he broke his ankle and then eventually had to retire. Right. And again, this is the philosophy that a lot of these other teams have been trying to get away General managers have been trying to avoid probably since the 2015 free agency when you look at a case where veteran guys are not being paid as big outside of the elite of the elite for what their past production was. And, yeah, the, the Mets did, have done it now with Jacob deGrom and – or not Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. Well, I disagree, Speedy, because how many $300 million players are now in the major leagues? Well, yeah, the elite There's of a, the elite. Yeah, but every every big star is a $300, $400 million player now. And I think the, obviously it shows the growth of baseball and how baseball is starting to – make a lot more money than they did in the 90s when they went on strike. The baseball, obviously, I'm sorry, the TV deals that they have, the endorsements that a major, the major league is bringing in. But again, a lot of things stem up to what obviously Bud Silly did when it, when it came to the steroid era. And now you're looking at baseball as a whole now and where baseball is starting to lean towards no shifting, the, the way it's really about your bullpen. It's not about your starting rotation anymore. It, it's different. The game has changed. It's transitioning. And, and you look at the game and, and the money that these guys, these players are making, especially at 40 years old. Just look, Max Scherzer last year, he got a three-year, three-year, $43 million a year. He, I think it was 136, 130, yep. 136 with all the – uh, the extras that he could get oh, sure, yeah. in the next three years. And in the, the, the third year is a player option, which you know he's going to buy into no matter what happens this year, unless he has one of those years where he wins 22 games, which he won't, by the way, no. because he's not going to pitch as many games because he's not the same pitcher he once was with the Nationals or the Tigers. So you sit here today. Is this the right move for the Mets? They had to do something. They had to shake off what Jacob deGrom did to him. And he definitely stuck it right down the Mets' throat. He did. He made sure he let the Mets fans know that he didn't want to give the Mets an opportunity to match that. He didn't want to be here. And that tells you, and that's fitting to understand where he believes he should be, and it wasn't New York. Now, we, let's go into Aaron Judge. A lot of Yankee fans are upset. As well as they should be, okay? But I've been telling Yankee fans for years, don't expect, I repeat, don't expect Aaron Judge to sign an extension if it goes past his first arbitration. I've said it. And it went to his first arbitration. You go through two player arbitrations before you become a free agent. Last year, when the Yankees gave him $19 million, he was very upset. It was at the last minute that the Yankees gave him that arbitration money, the $19 million. That pissed him off. As well as it should. He's one of the faces of baseball. How many players are six foot eight, 280 pounds, can play multiple positions in the outfield, and, and it's a five-tool player, can hit for average, hit for power, do all the things that you expect him to be and, and show on and off the field as a leader, as a fan favorite, as a respectable product for the major league. And then you sit here and you practically slap him in the face and say, hey, you know what? We're, we don't know if you're worth $19 million. But they gave it to him. 
And listen, Brian Cashman did this before. He did it with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter. And I don't know if you guys watched the Derek Jeter uh, documentary with ESPN. Fantastic documentary. Definitely check it out. It's long, but it's, it's worth every bit of the time. If you're a Yankee fan, even if you're not a Derek Jeter fan like you're, yours truly, I'm not a Derek Jeter fan, but I enjoyed it. I thought, I figured things out, and I learned things that I did not know about Derek Jeter and his past as a New York Yankee. But I can't sit here today and say that this is a happy day or a sad day if Aaron Judge doesn't stay with the Yankees. What does this tell me about the Yankees? Here's what it tells me. It's time to transition. They have players in their farm system they want to build around. They have this kid, Volpe. They've been talking and speaking about him for months, years. And looking at him as a player and seeing and and hearing all the different things I've heard uh, in the minor leagues, this guy could be the real deal. Is he as defensively sounded, sound like Derek Jeter? I don't know. Probably not. We saw Pereza at the end of the season. We saw him in a couple of playoff games. I think this kid is one of the elite defensive players we are going to see in the major league in a very long time. Everybody remembers Omar Vizcal? Remember him? Remember how talented a defensive player he was? Ozzie Smith, remember him? There are things that I saw at the end of the season that really, really stood out to me on how talented this player is going to be, how good uh, defensively, this kid could be. Offensively, I don't know. Maybe uh, when Derek Jeter came into the league, he wasn't he wasn't the best hitter. He really wasn't. It took him a little while to understand what his swing was, and then when he figured it out, he became one of the best clutch hitters in Major League history. I don't know what this team is going to be. I mean, they have this kid, Jason Dominguez. If you remember, they gave him the international money. He was 15 or 16 when the Yankees gave him $3 million. The highest international dollars any team has ever given a player from the Dominican Republic. I think it was the Dominican Republic, if I'm not mistaken. But he was the highest international player to make that kind of money. You know who the second was? Gary Sanchez. Where's Gary Sanchez? Minnesota. Minnesota. He's not a Yankee anymore. Dominguez is a switch hitter. A power hitter. Slowly moving up in the rankings for the New York Yankees. In the Yankees' top 15, I think the kid could be a star. We didn't know what Aaron Judge was going to be. As a matter of fact, I would say about, what what was it, 10 years ago? They were going to trade Luis Savarino and Aaron Judge for an old man. Uh, who's the shortstop? Um, uh, Tejada. Oh, wow. I think it was Tejada or Tejada. somebody else. Or the third. Who's the third baseman uh, on that Baltimore team? Melvin Mora. Melvin Mora. Yeah. It was one of those guys. <laughs> Could you imagine if Luis Savarino and Aaron Judge was traded to Baltimore? I mean, the craziness that would have went on. I mean, Savarino probably wouldn't have developed the same because the Orioles can't do pitching. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, just reading some of the comments here. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, Brett Goldstein uh, says, uh, we need Judge opening day uh, Yanks versus Hold on, Giants. hold on, hold on, hold on. Cut that. Yep. We need Judge. Why do we need Judge? Brett, what sells you? Well, how about this? What if 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 I was a GM right now, if I was Brian Cashman, what would sell me to give him an eight or I'm sorry, not eight, because they already offered him that. 
a 10-year, $370 million contract. What would tell what what could you tell me as a GM or an owner of an organization that could sell me to give him more? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. This is a guy, and I, I love Aaron Judge. He is the face of baseball. He's worth every penny that the Yankees offered him for the eight years, $330 million. That's it. He's not worth two more years on a contract. He's, you can't give him two more years. Aaron Judge is going to have maybe four more good years. At best. He's 31. A guy his size, 280 pounds. 31 years old. Fighting injury after injury before the last two years. You're going to trust this guy in the next, I would say, to, to make this contract fair, the next seven years or six years to be an elite player? The answer is not a chance in hell. There's no way. Now, why is San Francisco doing this? Because now the DH is implemented in the National League. So now when Aaron Judge gets older, they just keep him as the DH and he'll be the everyday DH, just like really John Carlos Stanton is. For the New York Yankees. By the way, the Islanders are getting smashed up right yeah, now. Yeah, this is getting out of hand. It, it's getting – Sorokin is not looking good in this game. And, and let me tell you, <laughs> they haven't looked good in the last three games. So they have a lot of explaining to do, this team. But nevertheless, getting back to Judge. I, I sit here today, and I'm going to say it again. The Yankees are better off letting Aaron Judge go. They're better off. And there's so many reasons why. But the main reason is going into the season, if they don't have Aaron Judge, if they don't, they have a chance to bring up Jason Dominguez. They see what Cabrera is going to be for the whole rest of the season. In a full season, up and playing 162 games. Bring your youngsters up. Pereza, bring up Volpe. Bring up all your youngsters. See who fits to this team, the dynamic of this team. And then you could still win. You could bring Rondon on, Rondon in. You could bring him in. You give him the, the five or six year deal that he's craving for. Then you have a, another elite pitcher with Garrett Cole and Cortez and Savarino. You have a great pitching staff, and you can win with that. And you have a pretty good bullpen. Everybody's going to say this bullpen was horrible in the second half. That was because of six injuries. Yeah. They're, gonna, they're going to get King back. They're going to bring back Chad Green. They have other guys that had very good. Well, who's the kid? Uh, uh, the Italian kid, Marinaccio. Marinaccio. He looked really good in the first half of the season. He looked good in the playoffs. Yeah, so. but he couldn't stay healthy right. all season, and that hurt them in the second half. That hurt their bullpen. Zach Britton came back, and then he was out again. We all know about uh, Mr. Fastball over there, too. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's not going to get a job anytime soon. <laughs> so this team was really on, you know, working with no gas, working on fumes. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and people are going to sell me that the Yankees need Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge needs the Yankees just as much as the Yankees need Aaron Judge. If Aaron Judge goes to San Francisco... If Aaron Judge does that, does that help his brand? No. What will help him his brand if, he's, if he wins a championship with the New York Yankees? Nobody cares about the San Francisco uh, Giants. Nobody cares about the Bay Area. How many championships have they won in the last five years? 
Everybody's going to say, when was the last time the Yankees won? 2009. I bet you guys. San Francisco in the last, uh, what, 12 years, they've won three championships? They won three. Three championships. And that was, that was the Hold first on. two they ever won in San Francisco. Hold on. Okay. Do you think anybody remembers the years that San Francisco won the World Series? The answer is no. I guarantee you, if you went to 10, out, 10 fans, 10 baseball fans, 10 legit baseball fans, not even Yankee fans, legit baseball fans, I bet you that the, the 2009 season, every single baseball fan will tell you when the last time the Yankees won. Everybody. Every one of them. 10 out of 10. And I bet you 5 out of 10 would tell you when San Francisco won their championships, if, if you're lucky. Five. That tells you where San Francisco is as an organization and where the Yankees are. And I'm not saying that San Francisco is not well-respected. They are. But not for baseball. They're not known for the baseball. Not, not for a long time. It's really the 49ers. San Francisco is, oh, I'm sorry, and Golden State, which is based out of San Francisco now. Those are the two championship teams. Those are the team, two teams that stand out the most. And by the way, San Francisco hasn't won a championship in, in, since the 90s. Yep. But they're bigger. They stand out more than the San Francisco Giants. Not because they're not a good organization, a very well-run organization. Nobody cares. So Aaron Judge, he's going to take, and I, I don't question him taking the most Money. I, I think he should. Most years, if it makes sense with him, hey, add another year. Make it 11. If you could get another one out of them, make it 12. You'll play to your 48. I'm just joking, by the way. He's 31, so 12 <laughs> years, he'd be 33 or 32. Yeah, then you're going to um, have a case of Miguel Cabrera's contract all over again. Which what is I'm trying... We're not, we're not, uh, 42, I mean. 40, 40, 41, 42. But I, I'm not trying to make a joke here and, and trying to make people laugh. Well, sometimes I do, but I I think if you're a Yankee fan right now, you just let him go. You just let him go. You're not, you, you're, you've been with this player for the last two years at the top of his game. He has been healthy. This has been the healthiest he's been since his rookie season, his full rookie season when he had 50 home runs. And he should have won the MVP, by the way. I'm going to tell you this. They didn't win the last two years. They didn't. Aaron Judge is in the ALCS. His batting average was under two. Throughout the playoffs, it was 211. You're not going to win like that. You're not going to win with power. It doesn't work anymore. Even when the Yankees won in the 90s, it wasn't about power. It was about timely hitting. Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, Tino Martinez, Scott Brocious, all timely hitting. That's the problem right now with the Yankees. They don't have any of those guys. DJ LeMayu can't stay healthy. They bring in Andrew Benatendi. He can't stay healthy. Health has been a big problem for the New York Yankees year in and year out. 
to sit here today and try to sell me, oh, we need Aaron Judge. We can't win without him. What a crocky you know what. By the way, Jeff is on the phone. You want me to put him through? Put him through. Jeff, keep it civil, though. No swearing. I, I'm always civil. Always. But, you know, I got to give you credit, Errol. Uh, you've been on this Judge San Francisco thing for quite a while. You, you have definitely hit the nail on the head. And I, for one, think it's a good move that the Yankees distance themselves from all this controversy. Mm. I think it's a good thing that they don't sign them. Because this report that came out today is despicable. It's unbelievable today what MLB did for Aaron Judge. I think it's disgraceful, and it taints the home run record, and they should ship him to where no one cares because they hurt the game again this year and tried to help the New York Yankees, and that should not be going on. And I I heard a little bit about this story. And again, the... They have to investigate it because I don't know what is true and what isn't. They already did. Well, the chart, the chart is already out. Mm. They sent dead balls to every team. They sent regular balls to every team, but only one team got what they deemed called the Goldilocks balls, which were designed to fly out of the stadium. Where's Roger Maris now complaining about cheating? I can't find him. Hey, listen, Rob Manford is not a. I'm not a big fan of him. Everybody that listens to this show knows I'm not a big fan of Rob Manford. I think he is going to lose his job in 2024 when he becomes his contract is up. I think Theo Epstein will take over for the MLB as well as he should. He's the smartest, one of the smartest executives we've seen that's come into. And you know because he ran the Red Sox and and the Cubs and. Uh, he, he, he's he been a, a big, intricate part of the growth of baseball now. So I think Theo Epstein would be a great fit over there. But, again, looking at the Yankees, Jeff, I think the Yankees should look towards next offseason where Soto, Otani, all these guys are going to be available in the offseason, you know, a year from now. Now, it doesn't I mean, mean will that – Will they? I do. I, they, I do. But hold, but hold on. What you're looking at right now. And what you're looking at a lot of people complaining about, to be fair, mm-hmm. and it's not and it's not just you with Judge, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that you're really complaining about it, but it's also the Red Sox and their fans with Bogarts and Devers and some of these other people, right? Mm-hmm. These teams may eventually smarten up and then just sign these guys early, with like what they could do with some of these guys. What the Braves so have done. Do- right, so they don't get into bidding wars because you're seeing surprising outcomes now. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, DeGrom going to Texas, I'm surprised to hear you take this position now that that you're okay with him going to Texas. Because the last time a guy from New York wanted to go home and be where he's from and do his thing, you lambasted him for it. Well, he's 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 going to Texas. He's from from Florida. Florida, He's from Florida. Yeah. Yeah. But he wants – Right, but still warm weather and no taxes and, you know, all that other stuff. (laughs) I think – and by the way, I'm getting off being sick again, and I'm trying to get rid of this cold. I don't know what's going on with it, but <laughs> nevertheless. Move to a better area. <laughs> um, I, I'll sit here, and, and I will say this. Jacob DeGrom didn't want to be in New York. He didn't want to be a Met. He pretty much made it known that he didn't want to be here. And I, I think that him telling the telling his agent – that after this contract offer came out, that he doesn't want to talk to the Mets anymore. It's over. There is no, you know, but I don't bidding. Think that that's necessarily true either. It, it came out that it was. No, I don't think it is true because he was lobbying 
to get an extension and for them to pay him. And the Mets kept refusing because he kept getting hurt or injured or, or whatever the case may be. And I think that the fact that they didn't extend them soured him on being there. Well, they also covered up the injury issues he had at the end of the last year or two in 2021 when at the, at the end of the All-Star break in July, he wanted to pitch and the Mets didn't want him to pitch. And then after the All-Star break, he pitched in the All-Star game and then they didn't bring him back. The injury was very mysterious. So I wonder if they, he didn't trust the Mets executives – now, Epler Speedy, wasn't there at the fan. time. Yeah, go ahead. Speedy, you're a Mets fan. Uh-huh. Did they, did they not jerk him around? They like did. They jerked no, they Syndergaard, Like they jerked Syndergaard around. Like they jerked all these other guys around because they wanted to say, maybe that just wears on a guy. And they go, you know what? Screw it. Right. I don't want to be a part of this circus anyways. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I was concerned about with DeGrom going back to last year, too. Because even though it's new ownership, or it's new ownership, well, Cohen was there last year, but Epler wasn't there, and a lot of the executives weren't there, and obviously Buck Showalter wasn't there. But there was still a stench within the organization that from that 2021 season, the way they handled it, that maybe Jacob DeGrom was thinking, okay, the Mets are going to have to give me a lot more than I am getting from these other teams, like maybe $5 million more a year for me to stay here type thing. Now, I, I, I personally thought he was going to go to the Braves, but Texas gave him the five-year deal, and they gave him a, a 185 deal, which I think is a lot. I think 37 a year is a lot. But still, the Mets would have had to probably go even more than that, which the Mets in their current position, I mean, they're they're pretty – tight to the luxury tax and don't have a lot of depth beyond that. They lost seven other pitchers in free agency. But it's not even just that. I make this argument all the time. And by the way, both of you make this argument all the time. Mm -hmm. The years. Do you want to, like, you're saying Verlander's a terrible deal. I think it's a very good deal. Okay, you're paying him a bunch of money. A lot of people are getting paid a bunch of money right now. Let's not haggle over a million dollars or two million dollars extra a year or whatever. The difference between 43 and 37, who cares about that six million dollars a year, right? But it's only two years for Verlander with an option for a third or five years with DeGrom. And DeGrom's arm could fall off. DeGrom, hold, hold on. DeGrom is 34 years old, and, and DeGrom hasn't pitched in three years. So, honestly, he's hurt every year. that's fine. I'm, gonna, I'm going to take a shot with a guy that's hurt every single year who, when, when healthy, he's the most dominant pitcher in baseball. Then a guy, yes, he won the Cy Young this year. He also played on the Houston Astros. He played in a division that's pretty damn easy. Look how many teams that they have to play. Right, but, right, but I don't I want mean, to hear that excuse either. But it's but true. They, but it's true. It, it, it is true, but you also make the exact opposite argument if the guy's name happens to be Chris Sale. And you go, oh, they paid all this money. It's not worth it. He keeps getting hurt every year. Chris Sale plays in the American pick it, League pick East. An Hold on. Pick a struggle. Go ahead. Chris Sale plays in the American League East, the hardest division in all of baseball. Well, you have to play the Yankees. You have to play Tampa. You have to, go, dude, you have hurt, to play the Blue dude, Jays. Hurt is hurt. Hurt is hurt, and the money is money. I, I understand so that. So if it's not worth it, and Chris Sale playing his no games a year, or two games he played this year. Let, or me, ask you, Kevin, let me ask you a question. Before, before Justin Verlander went to Houston, what division did he play in? The AL Central. And how bad is the AL Central? At that time, they were pretty good. Ah, come on. They weren't. They a couple were, good years. Yeah, a couple good years. I, I mean, they who? Cleveland. Yeah, we're all right. The Royals and Cleveland. The, at the, Royals, time. the Royals won a World Series. Yes, they did. Yes, there. they were a very good right? defensive the team. Indians were they very, were. The, uh, the Guardians or Indians. Can we call them the Indians? Yeah, they're the Indians then. then. They were yeah, then. of course. Yes. Okay, so the Indians were good. Just want to be appropriate when we do all of this. <laughs> sure. Right? The Royals <laughs> won a World Series. 
the Detroit, by the way, when they were there, they were in the uh, ALCS a few times. Yes, yeah. they, they were. They were the Poppy hit yeah. where the cop was. I remember. I remember. Right. So they were very good. That, so, <laughs> I mean, listen, they they did very well when he was there. He's always been. A I'm, game I'm not saying he's a great, not a great pitcher. I'm saying that look at the division now. Do you think Justin Verlander would be that dominant if he played for the Red Sox or the Yankees? The answer is yes, no. Because it, I, I yes, don't. Because he's been dominant when he's played. Yes, really good but games. he only has to play them. He only has to play them like what four times a year, three times a year. Well, I, what do you th- What do you think? These guys are pitching every day. They're not. They pitch, pitch every. I understand, day. And, and Jeff, I I understand what you're saying. And and most pitchers pitch 33 games, 30 the most 35 games a season. That's what usually right, they so get they if they're healthy. Six good teams. Right. I, I'm saying that when you look at where, you know, where Justin Verlander is then and where he is now, he's not the same pitcher. He's just not. Well, right. He's also 40 or 41 That's, or but, whatever he is. No, he's 39. He's going to be 40 this year. Oh, yeah. right. Well, it's 40. Yeah, so he's yes. 40. He'll Wait, be 40. You got to pick a struggle. You can't say he's he's not worth it, and then yo know, Chris Sale's not worth it, and then he is worth it, or whatever. Here's what no, I'm going to say: Degrom, Degrom's yeah. always hurt. You don't give guys long term contracts that are always hurt. If you did, the Yankees would have resigned. Well, the Mets aren't going to. Jeff, I have a question to ask you. I have a question to ask you. Honestly, and by the way, I'm not advocating Chris I know. Sale because I I think I think it's terrible that he only plays like two games a year. By the way, I want to ask you a question. This is this is a great question. This year. Who do you think is going to have a better season? Jacob DeGrom in Texas or Justin Verlander in the National League East for the Mets? Uh, Verlander, because I believe the Mets will also get – like Verlander, listen, they both pitch to a very low ERA. So that is what it is. And I believe the Mets are going to get some bats and have some young guys step up. So I still think Verlander's record is going to be pretty darn good. I'm going to tell you this. Because it, let's face it, the Rangers don't win a lot of games anyways. Do you no, think no. Jacob DeGrom's going to make a huge difference in that team's win and loss record? No, but I, I think Texas should have been better than they were last year. And they started off the season pretty well, that's good. because they got another bum contract. Marcus Simeon did jack shit last year. He he did bad, yes. And he, he didn't Seager do was what, very good. Seager was very good, but uh, Simeon was a joke. Yeah, and that was one year. And we, we you would think that he was going to... He was. It's going to play out differently this year, but it probably won't. He got paid. That's what happens when people get paid. They get lazy. Well, I, I, you, you hope for the Texas Rangers that doesn't happen. That's why. That's how often do you see it that guys have career years all of a sudden uh, when they're going into the contract year? I mean, in the Judge's case, it was because of Juice Balls, not just because of the contract <laughs> year. It was like you know a combination of those two. Really, getting back to the Aaron Judge thing, you sit here today. If you're a Yankee fan, I wouldn't be so upset. I, I wouldn't because right he's not going to put up numbers next year. That not the like that only helps the Yankees. Well, first of all, Aaron Judge. Not be let, let's say he doesn't hit sixty-two. Uh, let's say he doesn't hit sixty-two home runs. He'll still he hit. Won't. He he would have hit fifty home runs this year. To think that he wouldn't have. He had a really good season. He was seeing the ball early in the season. Especially he won't hit thirty-five next year. You want to bet on that? Uh, I don't know if I'd bet on it, but it's a much diff- more difficult park to hit in San. A hundred percent. Let's be honest. Hitting a home run in New York is a joke. Do you know that Aaron Judge... Even without the juice balls, they were flying out of the park. It's also exit velocity. Do you know that Aaron Judge hit just as many home runs away as he did home? Yeah, it's just going to be different. It's colder. It's colder longer in San Francisco because that park is right on the water. (laughs) That water is very cold. Yeah, they're one of the biggest pitchers parks in baseball. That's what I'm saying. This is the same argument that we had, by the way. Just, Just to be clear about this. 
This is the same argument that we exact same argument that we had mm. about the pitcher that you got from Oakland. You were like, he's going to be dominant, and then he well, sucked. the Yankees obviously didn't do their do their due diligently because if they did, uh, they they should have known that uh, um, Frankie Montas was not 100% healthy. His shoulder wasn't 100% healthy. His head wasn't – hold on. His head wasn't even in the game. His 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 aunt or somebody, one of his closest family members, died a couple – like a week before he was traded. So his head wasn't in the game. Now, do I think Frankie Montas is going to be a, a, a huge pitcher for the Yankee this year? Only time will tell. This guy was – up for a Cy Young, what was it, two years ago? He was a top five candidate Wait, for a Cy Young. But there's a flaw in your argument. Besides, the I know, he played for the Athletics. I know. He, he I know. pitched in the Coliseum, which is notoriously, I don't know, maybe the hardest park to hit in in, in the league, in either league, American or National. I don't know, Speedy, what would you say? I would say it's, it's a tie with that and the Giants. I think those two are. Okay, so there maybe Detroit, so, too, as well. They've so he park. pitches in the most pitcher-friendly park in the country. And then he's going to that band box where they're handing out Goldilocks balls, and it's a joke to hit a home run. Yeah, I would say aren't going to translate. I think the Marlins have the biggest park, and then the Athletics are second in terms of just overall dimensions. In terms of a raw pitching park, it's probably either the Athletics or the Giants, number one and number two. Right, and listen, I'm not knocking you for thinking that Montas could have been good. Like, I'm, that's not what I'm doing. We've had this conversation. His numbers just aren't going to translate. If he's pitching to a, a, a two ERA in Oakland. Well, he's probably going to a three ERA in New York where it's easier to hit home runs and score runs, right? Mm, yeah. So the numbers aren't the same. So if Judge is a 50 home run hitter in a place where you can piss over the fence, he's mm. probably not going to hit 50 in San Francisco. Again, I don't know what he's going to do next year if he goes to San Francisco or not. I, I do going. believe – I are right. I, you, I, you nailed this I, one. He's going. I absolutely believe he is. And uh, Dude, The offer is $360 million. I know. It's, it could reach up to ten years, which is is ridiculous. Yeah. Now let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Let's just be actual people with a brain for one second. I'm praying you both can do it. Mm-hmm. Someone comes to you and says, "Here's three hundred and sixty million," and you go, "No, I want three hundred just so I can wear pinstripes." Mm-hmm. You, you'd be an idiot to turn it down, right? Yes, and he won't. Yeah, and he won't. He's not gonna. He's not going to turn down three hundred and sixty million dollars. He's going to take the sixty million dollars more. He's got a family to feed, and his children's children, children, children will have money uh, to spend for the rest of their lives. Right, but this is what I'm saying. <laughs> these people that like the, these morons that make twenty two thousand a year working at Home Depot. God bless them. They're all whining and crying because you're like, dude, there's too much money. If someone, Speedy, if someone offered you three hundred and sixty, would you go? No, I think I'll take three hundred. Yeah, there's no way I'm not taking the Giants. <laughs> what? I would, I would, I would, I would not have that kind of bias. Right, but that's what a lot of people are doing, aren't they? And that includes if it was the Mets too. Like I would still take that money. Right, you're forgetting like these people aren't robots. They're human beings with lives and families, and they need to take care of their own well-being. And people throw out common sense and the ability to take all of that into consideration for their own selfish needs because of the laundry they root for. I know you hate the Yankees, and I know you I don't. A- I'm, I don't. I, none, none of this has been a slam against the Yankees, has it? <laughs> well, actually it was. 
So what's the, what's the slam against the Yankees? Um, calling the Yankees stadium a bandbox, saying that the Yankees were cheating, baseball it was is. cheating, and the, the Yankees were part, cheating. Is, is it not the part that's easiest to hit a home run in Major League Baseball? It's one of them. It's not all of them. Baltimore, I think, is easy. It's, it's got to be the easiest place to hit a home run. I think Baltimore, Baltimore was until they moved it. They moved back the park this year. The fourth hardest park to hit a home run in last year. They moved, yeah, they moved back the left center field and left field walls this year. So that so they thought their park was a joke and made the adjustments. Where have the New York Yankees made the adjustments? They haven't. So it's still a joke to hit a home run. It's not a slam. It's a fact. Don't be mad because you hate facts. <laughs> Don't don't get mad at me because that's a real thing. Speedy, is it a real thing that you hit more home runs in certain parks than other? Yeah, parks? yeah, no, the, no. There's obvious park dimensions. Now they've changed. They've changed over time. Like the Padres used to be one of the biggest pitchers' parks, and now they're kind of neutral now. Are you? There are. Are you, you going to sit there and tell me that it's not beyond easy? Did you to hit a home run? Did you not say the Yankee the, the, that uh, baseball cheated for the Yankees this year? Did you not say that? That's a fact. Look at the data. I'm, I'm just, but you, you are taking shots it, at the Yankees. How is it the only Goldilocks balls are got sent to the uh, the Yankees? But and you did, only the Yankees. But you did say that, did you not? It's not me saying it. But it's the person but, who uncovered. But the you report. just That's did. Not you, me. I'm just telling you what the report. I, I'm just telling you. Me. you're you're trying to throw the Yankees under the bus. So I'm throwing the Yankees under the bus. I'm saying Major League Baseball cheated for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. The Yankees were the beneficiary of probably the MLB bias against not wanting the Astros to win because they probably hate them for their cheating scandal. I think that that can be a fair assessment. Mm. Well, I mean, how is how okay? Like, let's just put the shoe on the other foot. Mm-hmm. What would you say if Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers combined for 600 home runs last year, <laughs> and then the only baseballs that were the Goldilocks balls got sent to the Red Sox. What would you say? I'd say that's that's a crazy number, 600 home runs for two players. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the Yankees were hitting. That's like video before. game hack job numbers. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't matter. Like, just say Rafael Devers yeah, I know. You're home runs last year. And the, and the only baseballs of their kind were sent to that team. What would you say? You spent a long time railing against the Red Sox or the Patriots for cheating that, by the way, wasn't real. Right. Mm-hmm. And then this thing happens and you're like, oh, you're railing again. No, I'm not railing against the Yankees. I'm telling you a fact. The only baseballs of that kind were sent. Now, the Yankees don't send themselves baseball. That's not the Yankees sending themselves. That's Major League Baseball only sending the Yankees those baseballs. So I'm not blaming the Yankees. You have it wrong again. Wow. I blamed very clearly. Major League Baseball. I have it right. I know how you are. I understand what you're saying. I understand you don't want to use your terminology to throw the Yankees under the bus, but in your head and your beliefs is, I can't stand no, the Yankees. Uh, no, and you're saying clear. that the Yankees were a part of something to say, no, hey, I'm, that's I'm why saying, they made the playoffs. That's no, why no, no, Aaron Yankees, Judge almost broke. That's why he broke the record. Unwittingly, the Yankees unwittingly participated in it. They had no knowledge of it, but Major League Baseball did that. Hmm. It's interesting. That's a fact. It's That's interesting. A fact. Those Goldilocks balls are a fact. Goldilocks balls. That's Sucks. what they call them. That's- that's not that's not my terminology. Speedy, is that what they called them? Yeah, that's that's the, this article I'm seeing definitely has that terminology in it. Right. This is not my words. Hmm. Yeah. This uh, is the report. Dr. They only got sent to the Yankees, and then all of a sudden, Matt Aaron Judge has a magical season. Yeah, it was Dr. Uh, Meredith Wills that coined the term, and she, uh, she was a um, baseball research award-winning astrophysicist and did the study. Yeah, that was the terminology that they used for them. It was a third type of ball, and right. she called it that, yeah. 
Right. So I am not saying the Yankees cheated. What I'm saying is Major League Baseball did this. Listen, we all agree. Let okay? me let me I ask you a question, Jeff. All, let me ask you a question, Jeff. If the Yankees that, didn't have it, looked the other way when McGuire and Sosa were taking steroids, they looked the other way for those guys. Mm. Right? Mm. Why is this not the same thing? Mm. It's interesting. We definitely, I definitely want to look more into it. We'll speak about it tomorrow on the I mean, show. Speedy's giving you the doctor. That, did, did the I, this study. is just one article. I'm there, going there's to be more that comes. I'm going to read more into it. balls. Those aren't my words. I'm just telling. All right, you what I the got report it. Says. I got it. I'm going to read not more not about it. Well, we'll we'll read more about it, and I will talk about it tomorrow. Jeff, and, thank you for but calling. I'm, but I'm just saying, if Rafael Devers had done that, and those balls had only been sent to the Red Sox, what would you be honest now? Try to be honest. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. No, it sounds tainted for any team. I wouldn't be happy. Right. So where's Roger Maris now? Where are Roger Maris? Yeah, Roger Maris dead, obviously. But where's Roger Maris Jr.? Where Roger Maris Jr. went on this tour, knocking bonds and his record, and it shouldn't be a record, and Judge gets the. Where's Roger Maris Jr. now? I don't know. Drag his crusty ass. He's out probably still worn out from that whole tour. <laughs> Jeff, right. thank you. He's on vacation. We'll talk, Jeff. And thank you to the San Francisco Giants for saving my season. I appreciate it. <laughs> saving a season. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what that means. What, how did he? How did the San Francisco Giants <laughs> save a season? <laughs> Who knows? What? Getting Judge? I mean. Maybe he had money on it. I don't know. Does that mean that the Red Sox are going to win <laughs> the, the World Sox, Series? The Red Sox have a chance to go from fourth to third. I don't know. I mean, the Yankees. I mean, are, the Red Sox are always the weirdest team. They they're like really bad one year, and then they'll be great the next. The Yankees are still. By the way, this Islander game is just ridiculous. Is so this, it was five one, and then it's five four. It was five. It was five four. And then they scored two open nets, and now it's seven to four. Oh damn! Well, I mean, the over in this game definitely eleven goals in this some. game. Whoever had the over in that game, that definitely cashed maybe times two. If that, if Ridiculous. That's a way to bet. Uh, Snug says, I hope Kenny becomes the next commissioner of MLB. Uh, the Beeve, in reference to Verlander, says he will get hurt. He will get hurt. He will not last. Mm-hmm. Snug says, I like when Speedy says stench. Mm-hmm. Uh, I seem to recall Verlander pitching in the World Series for the Tigers. Yes, Snug. I actually did reveal that fact. He is the first pitcher in Major League history to pitch a World Series game in three different decades. Yep. Um, no, uh, Fine, and I can do the tattoo thing next year, too. I, I'm not optimistic with the Mets, but sure, I guess we could roll with that. Uh, he does make a good point about uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati might be the top band box in baseball. Yeah, that's a fair point. They very much could be. I'd move in with Kenny the Beeve and Miami Heat for $360 million. Yeah, you probably would. And then he also said the Yankees were complicit, but they didn't generate the situation. Mm. And he might be right on that. Which is fair. I think, yeah, it's mostly a operated from the league office type thing because they want this kind of home run chase, you, especially in September. You have football starting. That's going to overshadow a lot of things. So how do you keep it relevant during these playoff races? Oh, why not a guy chasing a home run record? That's one way to do it. Philly got better. Yeah, they did. Uh, adding arguably the best shortstop or second best shortstop in all of baseball and Trey Turner. Uh, and I say he's really the first because uh, – Somebody in uh, San Diego was suspended for the season. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was number one. And then, you know, obviously, compare and contrast some of the top shortstops in the league. I think he's the best all around. And apparently the Padres offered him more, too. They they did. Yeah. They did. And he wanted to go and play with his friend, Bryce. Uh, Bryce Harper and him, if you don't know, Bryce and him are very close. They're very good friends. And, I mean, when you look at the the contract and and the – the amount of money that he got on this deal, it makes sense. And to me, he took less money to go to Philadelphia. 11 years, $300, uh, $300 million. Also, 
Trey Young is what, 29 years old? 29 years old. Uh, so he's still young. He's still in the prime of his career. I, I would say six or seven good years. The guy can hit for power, but he's not even a power hitter. He hits for average. He's a five-tool player. He steals right. bases. He is, he's a gold-glove guy. He can do everything. How does this change the fortunes of this Philadelphia Phillies team? And I, the answer is... It could change a lot. I usually bash Dave Gombrowski. This is an absolute bargain. <laughs> it's, was, a, it's a bargain. Yeah. It's a it's a deal. I, Bryce Harper definitely was involved with this. Oh, of course. He definitely reached out to Trey, and and, and Trey said, you know what? He'd come over here. We're we're a player away from being a, cont- uh, a championship contender every single year. Bryce Harper's in the prime of his career. He's in the prime of his career. You have all the different aspects of this team and where this team could go. And and by the way, they're not done. So I've been hearing they're they're in the run for Rendon. Mm. So who's to say they couldn't land Rendon and really solidify themselves in the National League East? Now, the National League East has been growing. Obviously, the Braves won. Philadelphia was in the World Series this year. The Nationals won a couple of years ago. The Mets were in the World Series six years ago. The Marlins, you know, they won a couple of World Series about, you know, 20 years ago. But, you know, but the fact is, is that, this has become one of the powerhouse divisions in baseball. And, and, and you look at Philadelphia, the Mets, and, and Atlanta. I mean, these, these three teams are going to be fighting for first place this year. They're very talented, all three of them. And, and who's better now? Who has the, more, the most firepower on their team? Some people would say Atlanta. When I, at 100%. I still do. Yeah. But Acuna wasn't that good this year. He really didn't have a good season. Um, um, Albies. Albies. Albies missed half the season. Or practically the whole season. So we don't know what Alpes is going to be next year. I mean, they might lose their starting shortstop. Yep. So it seems like he might be going elsewhere. I mean, they have the rookie of the year. They have uh, one of the better hitters, better young hitters in baseball. And yeah. the runner-up for rookie of the year. What happened? And the runner-up for yes, rookie of the year. Strider, the pitcher, yes, too, Strider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they, they, have, they have a good farm system, one of the better farm systems in baseball. But you sit here today, the, the team that stands out, is the Philadelphia Phillies. They have Schwarber coming back next year. They have Bryce Harper. They have Trey Turner. Who's the outfielder they brought in the other day, the, uh, last year? Uh, Brandon Marsh. Or... Uh, no, not Marsh. Um, uh, oh, Castellanos. Castellanos yep. in the middle. You're talking about the best middle lineup in baseball now. And Castellanos even wasn't great last year. He no. was hurt for much of the season. And he so. was big in the second half of the season. He was huge in yeah. the playoffs. He was probably probably their best hitter in the first two rounds of the playoffs. If you think I mean, about it. oh, and by the way, you do have Real Moto, too, who's one of the better hitter catchers in baseball. Yeah. I mean, this is a star-driven team now. You want to ask me who's going to come out of the National League this year? I can't tell you. I can't. But honestly, talent-wise, lineup to lineup, I think – Philadelphia has the best lineup in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it'll be just like last year. How much can they weather the storm while Bryce Harper is hurt? Because he's yep. going to probably miss half the season yes. after the surgery he just got. And that's why so. he, he he probably spoke to Trey and said, listen, when I get back in the middle of the season, we're going to be right there to win the division, and we'll be right there to win a World Series. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, he's right. Oh, yeah. If you look at this team, top to bottom, they have Thompson coming back. They're going to extend him. This is a, this is absolutely now they have to fix the bullpen, uh, and they will. I mean, they have the money. They have one of the richer owners. He'll he'll open up his pockets. There's no question that he will. It, there's a lot of questions. Do we have a caller? Yes, we do. We got the beef. Beef, what's up, man? What's up, bro? So 
I wasn't referring to Verlander getting hurt. I was referring to DeGrom getting hurt. Oh, getting DeGrom hurt. getting hurt. Okay, gotcha. Not Verlander. Verlander's going to be fine. I don't, I don't see a problem with Verlander. Oh, I think he's going to get hurt this year. I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why. Everybody that goes to the Mets gets hurt. No. Every single player that goes to the Mets get hurt. So I do I think Justin Verlander will get hurt this year? Absolutely. I don't I know don't. when. I don't know when. I don't know how. I know, but I'll how tell you long? what, DeGrom. How the long? Gonna, DeGrom will not last that contract. Now, Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander missed a, a little bit of time this year to injury on the Houston the Astros. Season, yeah. Yes, he did. He missed a little time. I, I believe Justin Verlander is going to miss at least two stints this year. And he's not going to pitch 26, 27 games. Well, I guarantee you. Uh, um, he might. He Max Scherzer didn't. So he, he, Verlander, Verlander is a better pitcher than Matt Scherzer. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, yes, he's he not. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's yes, not. He is. Go look yes, at the numbers. Is. It's not even. It's Max not even Scherzer close. Scherzer has been the best pitcher in baseball he, for the last. It's season. not even close to Beav. the second best pitcher. Beav, after it's not even close. I'm not even going to argue with you. And you're going to be here tomorrow, so I can't wait to get you here <laughs> and yell at you. Yeah, That's well, right. Well, well, Verlander is a better pitcher than Scherzer. The last five years, Beav, I'll give you the numbers tomorrow. I'll put it right in front of your face. It's not. It, it, Scherzer's been the best besides DeGrom in, in the four, four or five years stint that he was this dominant Max Scherzer's been the best pitcher in baseball it's not even an argument it is not even an argument uh, be, look at I his disagree. whip look at his ERA look how many Cy Youngs he won in the last 10 years and even ones he was finalist for he was a finalist five times I, I mean the guy has care. been Ver- the dominant Verlander, pitcher Verlander in baseball is more, is more talented and he's no he's pitcher. not no he's not Verlander might have Verlander probably had a better career than Scherzer if you want to judge that I would say currently even currently the last five years though Scherzer's so better. he's better he's better overall so there you go He's not. That doesn't, Clayton Kershaw had a better career than Max Scherzer and, and Jacob DeGrom. Are we going to say Clayton Kershaw is better than yeah. them currently? That doesn't mean anything. It means, uh, it, it, it means that, that Scherzer is, is not as good as you think he is. Okay, again, again, we're splitting hairs, Beef, but again, Scherzer for the last five years, outside of Jacob DeGrom, Ver- he's been the best the strikeout time. pitcher in the league. Verlander's had some great years, no question, but he also was hurt for two of those years, too. He was out yeah, for the shortened okay. season. And, and so was DeGrom, so they, 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 there you go. So DeGrom yeah, was, and, to, to yeah, me. we're comparing you know Scherzer what? and Verlander here, not DeGrom. So, All right. So, to me, you know what, DeGrom, see ya. Good luck, and I, you know what, I hope he's all pulled off because it's going to. Why, why would you say that? Because the guy doesn't know how to pitch. Uh, I think he knows how to pitch. No, he doesn't know how to pitch. Because if he knew how to pitch, he he, he would stay healthy. He, he's going to learn not to throw so All hard. All right, let, let's look at their careers, okay? Max Scherzer's career. His ERA is 311, okay? His uh, innings pitched is 2,682. Strikeouts, 3,193. His whip in his career is 1.074. You know, how many games? What happened? How many years? He's pitched since 2010. Uh, how many games did he pitch? Uh, how many he, years? How, how many years? Um, I think he came up in 09 or 2010. 208. Okay. 2008. Okay. And it's 2002. Yeah, and, Ver- and Verlander, how many years has he pitched? He's been, he's been pitching longer. since 2005. 2005. It's three years. Oh, a lot longer. It's so three years. And really his first year, he barely played. Okay? He pitched, he pitched like three games. Okay? It was his second year, 2006. So it's two years before Scherzer. Okay? Scherzer, okay, his whip is at least one point one under what what which uh, I mean actually it's not true. Uh, Scherzer is one point oh seven four, Verlander is one point one one seven, which is a lot. That's a significant amount. Okay, 
it, you they look at that. And by the way, he's played more years. Strikeouts, Verlander three 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 thousand one hundred sixty three to Max Scherzer's two thousand six hundred eighty two. I'm, I'm sorry, three thousand one hundred ninety three. So honestly, he has five more strikeouts than Scherzer does. Five more, and he's played two more full years than Scherzer. You're going to tell me that Verlander's a better pitcher than Max? Scherzer? It's yes. not. It's not even close, dude. Yes, it is. Close. It's not even close. Well, I it's mean not even close, so dude. Don't mean nothing to it's don't not mean even nothing. close. They don't mean nothing, dude. It's Verland not. Is, it's Verland not. Is the more the is the more talented pitcher. He's the better pitcher. That's it. It's not numbers even close. Numbers mean shit. To he's me. not. He's anything. not the better pitcher, it's Beef. He is the better. He's pitcher. not. I just told. I just get. I just showed you. That means nothing to me. More dominant so. seasons. Who's who's more dominant seasons? Who how many? How many Cy Youngs did Justin Verlander have? Who has more championships? How many Ver? Ver- Please don't get me started with that. He was part of that cheating team. They both have three. They have. Scherzer has four, I think. Scherzer has three. Yeah. You sure? Yep. Because it, it shows me over here, three, three times Cy Young. He was a finalist. He was a finalist. Uh, he was a finalist five times, six times, seven times actually. Or no, five times. He was a top five finalist seven times yes. in his career, mm-hmm. and won it three times: 2013, 2016, mm-hmm. and 2017. Verlander won three Cy Youngs and was a finalist. If you look at these numbers, they're not even close, dude. They're not even even in the prime even in the prime of Verlander's career where he was at his best. They're nowhere close to nowhere close to Max. Verlander is the better pitcher, so what? that's it. Nothing, nothing's going to change my mind. On what I merit? Care what, I don't You're care wrong. what you throw at me. The, the eye test. That that the eye, eye test. test. The eye test. My eye test. Scherzer has the best stuff of any pitcher. No, how no, many cha- cha- how many championships does Verlander have? Does he have two or three? He has two. 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 How many championships does Scherzer have? I don't remember. One. Is one. Okay. So he has one more championship. But by the way, this year, really in the playoffs, Verlander did not pitch well in the World Series. Actually played like crap. Okay. So you oh. you can't sell to me that because he's got one more championship than Max Scherzer. I, okay. In, in my eyes, Verlander is the better overall pitcher. He's not. And by the way, well, who's a better playoff pitcher, Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander? Verlander. No, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, the, again, B, he's, he's not. The he's not. He's only been good in certain postseasons. Listen, he's very he's not, dude. He's but dude, you, you say you say that he is, he's but he's not. not. Change my mind. Not I'm not trying to change mind. your mind. You're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm just trying to figure out what you're, you're basing wrong. it on. I love you, bro, but you're wrong. What are you I'm basing it on? You're wrong here. I just told you the postseason. Your eye test doesn't tell me. Justin Verlander has better stuff. Oh my god, just solely on that. Yes. Well. Scherzer's had the best "quote unquote" stuff for quite a while wow. now, wow. and to me, then the best you get rid of they should they shouldn't end up even sign these two idiots. I would I didn't want them They're to good. sign Verlander. I told you I told you they shouldn't have. <laughs> I wanted them to sign Rodon and get better depth and make a trade. They shouldn't have. They, they shouldn't have let Wheel go. They shouldn't have let us. Well, yeah, that, that was that was four years ago. They had to change from matter. that now. This is this is how stupid this Met organization is. They're dumb. Well, the Met organization. Had to make dumb. they had to make a choice after losing Jacob Degrom because he didn't want to be there. They had to make a choice. They should have just we, freaking pay. They should have just paid him. Do we? I I agree with you. 
I think they should have paid Jacob DeGrom. I absolutely believe you. But but on the the flip side, it's it's not worth paying them because the guy can't stay healthy. Again, I'm going to trust a 34-year-old Jacob DeGrom to a 39-year-old Justin Verlander. You'll see. He'll he'll, he'll do the Tommy John surgery. You'll see. Really? Yeah, he wants. I think he he wins a Cy Young in the American League this year. No way. Nope. I do. Look at the division he's in. Besides Houston, who's good? The guy can't stay Seattle. healthy. He's I don't. Th- I, I don't. I, I think Seattle had a great season, and yes, Castillo's there, and he looks good. But Castillo, he the year before, uh, the year he got tra- this year, he was horrible with Cincinnati. He has to do it consistently. I want to see Castillo do it consistently, year in and year out. Before we talk about what what, what we think Seattle is, I want to see Seattle do it back to back years. I want to see Seattle get to the playoffs this year. I don't think they do. I, I really don't. I think they're overrated. I really do. I, I think they had a great season. Fantastic. Let's them do it back-to-back years. It's not easy doing it in the major leagues. That's why all the Yankee fans that take shots at Brian Cashman, <laughs> he's run out of time. <laughs> 33 years in a row with a winning season. 33. 33. Ask me how many major league teams in the last, I don't know, 10 years in, th- in, in a five-year span has winning records. Ask me that. You want me to tell you? It's only the Braves, I, Dodgers, and Astros. Probably like four teams. Yeah. Okay? To sit here. And the Yankees have done it for 33 years in a row. That, that tells you the dominance of what Brian Cashman can do. I'm so sick and tired of listening to Yankee fans. They're idiots. And I'm a Yankee fan. Idiots. Jackasses. You can hear it from me. I'm calling Yankee fans jackasses. They don't know what they're talking about. All they want to do is throw people onto the bus because they're not winning. Winning is not easy. It never was. If it was, me and you could play in the major leagues and hit home runs like Aaron Judge and whatever they called the Goldilocks balls. Maybe they should give me, even if they gave me a Goldilocks ball, I'm not hitting 62 home runs. It's it's ridiculous. And I'm not going to sit here and cry a river on where my team is. It is what it is. And and honestly, well, Max Scherzer is a better player and a better pitcher than Verlander. No, I don't think so. But And, and, and the, the Mets are going to have a horrible season this year. You watch. Oh, I think the Mets make the playoffs. I do. Nope. I do. They don't even make the playoffs. Oh, they'll that. make the playoffs. Wow, you don't nope. even think they'll make the playoffs. Nope. They will win. Um, here's my prediction. I think the Mets, Mets win a little bit under 100 wins. I'm going to say 98-97. I don't. I don't even think they get to eighty. I do. I think really? I, I think they win ninety eight, ninety seven. Uh, they're no. They have no hitting. They're there. They no. They have no bat. Their hitting is. All. Their hitting lacks a little bit no of power. Bullpen. Yeah. Well, yeah. We know they have no bullpen. Yeah. They have to really. Here's another prediction. Dart throws. On Here's that. another prediction. Good. The Philadelphia Phillies, the Atlanta Braves, and the Mets make the playoffs this year. No way. All Mets, three of them. The Mets, Mets all not make three the of them make. The, dude, there's nope. no way the Mets don't make the playoffs. There's no, there's, there's no way. Is not going to be a Met. Here's the only way they're not going to matter. Here's the only way they don't make the playoffs. If well, Justin, if the only way is Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer get hurt at the same time. That's the only way the Mets don't make the playoffs. I, I, after after that, they have no other good pitching. Beef, let me ask you. Who, oh, they're not done. Who, the who, Mets aren't done. So who leapfrogs the Mets hypothetically of teams that missed the playoffs last year? 
Who who would replace the Mets in the I, playoffs? I would have to. I would have to go. So the, the it would be the Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Brewers, Cubs, Reds, Pirates, and then the Nationals and the Marlins. So who replaces the Mets in the playoffs? I'm just curious who you're thinking is. I, I would have to look at it right now. at this point. I, I just named you all the teams, Beef. I, I have to go to detail and look at everything. Here's my detail. Those three teams are making the playoffs. That's my no. detail. I don't even have the to Mets. look at the detail. I'm telling you, fact. All the three Mets, of those the, teams the will win ninety or five no. between ninety five and one hundred and five games. That's what they I have think. Two, they have they have two old pitchers and they have no hitting and no bullpen. So oh, the Mets aren't done. If you think the Mets well, are I, done, if you think the Mets I, are done, you're crazy. If, if, if the Mets stick with this roster that they have, they they're not done. They're Their hitting end. is not as bad as you think. They're they're going oh, to yes, add. They're it's they're atrocious. they're absolutely going to add another bat to this lineup. I, I here's a name that you you're going to be looking at Bell. I'm, he I, just signed today with Cleveland. Oh, did he just sign with Cleveland? He signed with Cleveland today. Wow, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, that came out about uh, 6 o'clock today. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was new to me. No, no, that goes out of that idea. So. Well, there are other players out there that are pretty good hitters. So I don't think the Mets yeah, are Yeah, DH done. types no, there's, there's, are there's, easier there's, to trade. There's, there's a lot of good bullpen. Yeah. There's, there's nobody to protect Alonso. You can pitch around him. But there's again, B, there. you look at the rest of the lineup. I agree with you on the bullpen. They lost a lot. So it's going to be very hard for them to replace that. But the hitting... They had a lot of guys that were either injured or just had down stretches. They, the, in, the talent and, is not and, bad. And, and what makes you think that's going to change? Because the year? talent not. is not bad. Escobar's it's a good Escobar's a good hitter. He was bad with runners in scoring position in the first half. Canna is a very capable hitter. Marte had a good year until he got hurt. They have guys. Canna stinks. Canna's horrible. He's not Daddy, horrible. He's he, horrible. He was one of the better on-base percentage guys in the this National team, League in the first this, half. This team right Second now, half, he fell off. Lunch. I agree, but... They're he, gonna lose. They're gonna lose Nimmo, and they're gonna lose another bat. And this team is trash. Okay, Nimmo. This was his first trash. like complete all around no, year. Cohen is teasing the teasing the fans. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. What has he done? He's done nothing. Okay, this is the two things they're gonna look for: a catcher, maybe a defensive type catcher. If Alvarez, you have to respect Ray. the beef. You have to respect him because even though he's a real he's a Met fan, he's just telling you that he just doesn't think the Mets are any good. You, you can respect him. I, I disagree. I, again, not. I, I'm not saying they're not going to get worse. They're not going to win 100 games. I agree with you on that. But you're, I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to believe unless three of no, those teams I just listed they're, get they're, better. They're not, they're not even win 80 the Mets are going to miss the playoffs. Uh, the National win, League has a lot of really bad teams mm. right now. Mm. And a lot of the fringe contenders, like the Brewers, are trading pieces. Yep. The Diamondbacks, another one that's kind of a fringe container, might trade pieces. Like there's those are the there's a lot ones. of teams. There's a lot of horrible teams. The Nationals, Marlins, Cubs, Pirates. These are all horrible teams. And honestly, if if you really look at it, the National League has really only five good teams. That's it. Five. The American League, four. I mean, four. All the other teams that make the wild card games. They're not expected to do anything. I mean, Cleveland's a, a squeeze-in team. They, right. they're, they're, nobody's scared of Cleveland. Really, nobody. I, they, have a good, they have a good manager. They do. They have one of the better managers of baseball. Very well run, and they're very good. They always are a very good pitching staff. Always. Always. And, and pitching helps you win uh, with the bullpen and, and the regular. But in the playoffs, they don't get any hitting. And if you can't hit in the playoffs, no matter how good your pitching is, you fall behind. You never win. And that's why Cleveland's yeah. never going to win because they're never going to go out there and spend money. So they're hoping yeah. that their players are oh. going to go out there and hit and give oh. them the runs that they need to win. Well, that's something the Mets can't do. So. Well, but the Mets have talent. The Mets the offense they just need the approach. The Mets them. ranked. The, first of all, the Mets offense was ranked in the top 10 this year. 
So no. to say that the Mets' offense isn't good is ridiculous. It's, it's right. it's, it's, they, had the, the, was, they had what, the, the fourth best power good, hitter in baseball blown, on their they, team? They, they wouldn't have blown the, the lead to, for the division last year if the Mets' offense was that good. All right, Francisco Lindor, he wasn't an elite player at his position this year? Defensively, but hitting-wise, no. Oh, he was a good hitter this year. I, I hate Francisco yeah. Lindor. He was. He was a good hitter today, this year. He was better. He's, he was better than he was when he first came. Yes, but well, yeah, that's not yeah. saying much. He had a he had a bad twenty twenty one and a bad twenty twenty. Yeah. Beyond that, he's been a consistently good, well rounded hitter. That's a switch hitter and can steal bases. That is a top yeah. five well, shortstop no, no. in baseball. Francisco Lindor, six hundred and thirty at bats, one hundred and seventy hits, twenty six home runs for a shortstop. For a shortstop, batting two seventy. 98 runs, 107 RBIs, 16 stolen bases. Yeah, on base, hold on. On base percentage, 339. Slugging, 449. OPS, almost 800 for a shortstop. Those are pretty good numbers, bud. Yeah, Those are pretty good numbers. 270 is not, is not a good number. Yes, it is. It's not a bad batter. He's average. a career 270 hitter. Last year, he's batting 215, 220. What do you what do you consider a good batting average? I'm just curious. His we'll career miss. is a 277 hitter. A good average, probably 290. Oh come on! All right, that's a little harsh. I would be come worried on. if he was under 250. If he's not, and he still has those types of RBI and power numbers, then there's no reason to be concerned. Plus, he plays good defense, like you said. But plus, he steals bases. That is a top five shortstop. No, I'm, not about, I'm not worried about his defensive stealing bases. I'm worried about his hitting. All right, we just that's gave you the numbers. Problem. His numbers yeah. are good. I'm not saying yeah. he was a career year, All right. but he's still good. Six thirty. He's at he his. He's he hitting... hit better when he was playing for whatever, whatever. For Cleveland, okay, yeah, he had some yeah. better years, but that not a lot. First of all, first of all, he's a career two seventy seven hitter. He had one good year it was his rookie season where he hit three thirteen. Here's here's his numbers his whole career three thirteen, which by the way he only played ninety nine games three hundred one two seventy three two seventy seven two eighty four two fifty eight two thirty last year and then two seventy. This was his. Fourth best season when it comes to batting average. Hey, Beav, let me ask you a question. Who won the National League? Who won the National League MVP? I don't know. I don't All right, it was know. Paul Goldschmidt. Francisco Lindor had only eight less RBIs than that. He was. He was. He's a. He's. He had a good season this year. He definitely was. Definitely was. Saying, he was tied I'm for not, fifth saying, in RBI. Only saying, Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso, Jose Ramirez, and Goldschmidt were above him. And he's a shortstop, by the way. That tells you a lot about him. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not always a numbers game, but again, you have to look at the numbers when you're trying to compare and contrast I'm, what he did. I, I'm just saying that this team, they can't hit. They, they proved they can't hit as a team. Yeah, they, they proved they hit. couldn't hit the last two weeks of baseball. That was it. They were a good hitting yeah, team practically the whole season. That, 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 well, yeah, well, that, that doesn't mean anything. Actually. Going into the All-Star break, the Mets were the hottest hitting team in baseball. Yeah, okay, and then they went downhill. They like didn't said, go downhill. Down. Their last, yes, they did. Their last they month was bad. Their last month, yes. their last that, two weeks going downhill and was not good. Always it wasn't good. Was, that's why I was not Did they make the playoffs? The did they make the playoffs? Oh, yeah. They got their ass kicked. And they're going to make the playoffs again and next the Padres year. are a good team. So. When was the last time the Mets went to back-to-back playoff games? They're not, they're not going. When did the Mets last time went to back back playoff games? 15 and 16. That's it. And when was the last <laughs> time 16, after that? they barely got it. And in. the last time after that? The last time before that was like, I don't know, not, no, probably no. the 1999 and 2000. The I early think, yeah. 2000s. Okay. The, this is a good Mets team. This is a good team. 
and and I'm telling you right now, they're not done. You, I'm telling you, they're going to spend money. I just but, I just question the Jacob Degrom move. I I I, with, I don't with, with this think this is right a good now, move. They will not win. They will not win any games. I think I think losing Jacob Degrom was a big loss, and I don't care what Josh tells me as a Met fan. I don't care what any Met fans tell me. Uh, we got this. We got it, it, it's it's a big loss. That is a big loss, and you will see it this year. It's Justin oh. Verlander is a good pitcher. I'm not going to take it away oh, from the, the him. Guy hope, that... hope he pitches well. I don't think he's going to have the year he did last year. One with Houston because Houston's a better team and a way better defensively than the Mets ever were. Okay, they are. They're, That's the, saying much, they're, right? the, they're the they're a top three defensive team in all of baseball. Okay, the Mets are not. Okay, they have some good defensive players, but they're not. All right, so uh, it's going to hurt Justin Verlander. One and number two, I, I look at uh, look at Jacob Degrom when healthy. Who's better than him? There is nobody in baseball better than him. Nobody. Nobody. I don't care what anybody tells me. Sell me what you want. Yankee fans, I'm a Yankee fan. Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole couldn't shine his cleats. Okay? They could, he couldn't shine his cleats. All right? That's how good Jacob DeGrom could be when he's on. He's untouchable. He can't be hit. So I want to hear about oh, after five innings. He's going to pitch at more, five, more than five innings this year with the Texas Rangers. His, I'm telling you, his arm is not going to last. You. All right, I tell you, I'll tell you this: He pitches 27 games this year. He'll be in the All Star game and he'll be a Cy Young candidate. He might even he might even make the full season. And here, and here's the funny thing: the Mets, will, the Texas Rangers, will actually have leads for him to win. Okay, the guy, the, the guy, the guy. Oh, has they'll score. Problems. They'll score two runs a game in his starts. I oh. absolutely believe it. <laughs> I absolutely the, believe the guy, it. The guy has elbow problems. I'm telling you. Beef, we love you, man. We'll see you tomorrow. I hope the Grom breaks his arm. Good night. <laughs> Oh, the beef. That's harsh. The beef. Don't we love him? Don't we wish anyone on a player like that? I just love him. Oh I, I I love his craziness. You know what? You know what's so funny about the beef? And I and I and I'll say this because he's my friend. He's a fan of the show. He, he, I, we became friends. Him being a fan of the show. Um, the funny thing him is 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 he'll bring up something. He'll say somebody is better, and then when you bring up the numbers, he says numbers don't matter. But when it comes down to it. When he wants to talk about numbers in certain other sports, numbers do matter. That's that's all. That's all I'm going to say. And that's single season uh, RBI leader in for a shortstop. No, he's not that good. Oh, he had a good season. Hey. I'm not going to take away from him. I, I think he had a great season this year, sure. and he, uh, he's got to do it back to back years. He has to prove that he can do it back to back years. The question is, will he? And 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 honestly, what is this team this year with this lineup? I think they're not done. I think they had another bat. I think they're probably going to add another outfielder to this roster now that they're going to lose Brandon Nimmo. They're going to add a more um, predominant offensive firepower at the in the outfield. I don't know who it's going to be. If it's going to be a trade, or obviously I thought it was going to be Bally signs. Where do you go again? Cleveland. Cleveland. Um, that was a terrible move by him, by the way. But uh, going over there, but um, I mean, there are other pretty decent bats that are available. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Pro Football Focus, Sirius XM, Fantasy Football Radio Show host, our friend, and a very interesting personality, Brian Drake, here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. 
But it's the Weffleweeds! The Weffs! It's all the Weffs' fault! 631-672-3108 is the number you're listening to the Sports Loud Mounts. I'm your host, Errol Marks. I didn't introduce myself in the beginning of the show. I was a little out there. And uh, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, pretty uh, star craziness. I wouldn't say star-strutted uh, fans uh, calling the show today. Uh, we had uh, the beef. We had, obviously, Jeff, two very supportive you know, players to this show and fans that listen to it every single week. Uh, thank you to them. Uh, I want to... Uh, Apologize to the fans. At, at 9.30, we were supposed to have, um, um, I guess, what, what is this? Sumer Sports. Sumer Sports Vice President of Research and Development, Eric Eager. He is not feeling very well, uh, so we're going to move him to another week. So Eric will be joining us. But we do have a very special guest. And when I heard he was coming on the show tonight, I was like, oh, we have somebody that actually knows his stuff. We are now talking to Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football radio show host, Brian Drake. Brian, what's up? I First of all, thanks for having me on. This is, what, the third time I've been with you guys? Yes. Yeah. I was listening to the guy before you. I'm not a crazy baseball fan. I'm kind of a, you know, fair-weather Yankee fan, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. living here in upstate New York. But I love when the guy signed off the call. He's like, all right, guys, talk to you later. Hope the ground breaks his arm. That's just so New York. I love it. I love that guy. <laughs> Wishing bad things among upon athletes. Like all the, it sounds like the Cleveland fans when LeBron left. And by the way, I'm not taking shots at any other guests that we've had on the show that uh, Brian's the only person that uh, knows his stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I just think Brian knows his stuff, and that's why I'm very excited to have him on. There's a lot of football, and uh, that that first part of the show, that first hour and a half was baseball, and now we're going, we're moving, we're shifting to football because there's a lot to get into with football. But, Brian, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate but I see your celebrate Christmas over there with the Christmas tree behind you. How are you? How are you and your family? They're good, man. I just got the kids down to bed. Uh, the elf on the shelf's got to make his moves. You parents out there know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> any holiday, I can just sit around. I can have a cold beverage mm. and watch football, which is going to be the case this Christmas. Yes. It's fantastic. You know, it's <laughs> Christmas. All our American holidays now have been co-opted by sports. You know, mm. it's the NBA is all over Christmas, and now the NFL is getting in on Christmas. Uh, Major League Baseball, they get, you know, Fourth of July, mm-hmm. and, and all that. it's great, you know. We just want to sit around and drink and hang out, and that's kind of the new American way, I guess. I would agree with you. We need a new American way. There's a lot uh, of stuff going on in the world that we try to hide and, and try to, I guess, throw under the rug. Uh, because it's a lot of craziness. So sports really gets us to go away. It kind of moves ev- us away from all the, the crazy crap that's going on in the world. But uh, why don't we get how, into wait, it? I got to ask, how nuts will you be if Aaron Judge signs with whoever during the show? I will tell you this. Two years ago, and Speedy, again, I, anybody that listens to the show, uh, I don't know if you've been listening to the show, uh, the whole show, because Jeff came on and they actually uh, congratulated me, because two years ago I said <laughs> – that the, if the Yankees don't sign him on his first arbitrations, he will leave and he will go to San Francisco and he will get a huge contract. And two years later, what's going to happen? He's going to San Francisco. He's going to sign with them. He's going to get a huge contract and he will never 
see the light of day in New York again. So I'm not surprised. I'm not. Yeah, it's I have a autographed Aaron Judge uh, photo in, in my hallway here as I come down to the Man Cave studio. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know what? I might have to take that thing down. <laughs> no, you don't I mean, have to I, take it down. He he's a Yankee. He's a long, long uh, lasting Yankee. No matter where he goes, he could he could have been the the next captain of this team. The Yankees did offer him. What I've heard is they're giving him an eight year, three hundred and twenty three hundred and twenty five million dollar contract for eight years, which would make him the highest paid regular player every single you know every single day player in in the whole you know MLB. He and he, they were going to give him the C as the captain of the team, and I guess he turned it down. He doesn't want to be here. I I, I don't know if it's true. We don't know if he's definitely signing with the mm-hmm. Giants, but I think by the end of this winter meeting, which is Sunday, I guess is it Saturday or Sunday? I'm not sure, but it's like it's basically the, next couple of days. Yeah, it's a 14 day cramming period. He's there. Not, he's there. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a huge, you know, Yank or I'm a huge, you know, Yanks fan. I like them, but. So I'm not going to pretend I know the ins and outs of baseball here, yep. but as a Yanks fan and talking to my father-in-law, who's a big mm-hmm. Yanks fan, and his his sons and everything, eight-year contract for Aaron Judge. The la- I mean, how isn't he kind of old right now? Thirty-one like in a- the beginning of the season this year. He's how old? He'll be thirty-one in the beginning of this year's season. All right. So I mean, he's still got some good years left. But I mean, do you want to be paying, you know, thirty-seven, thirty-eight? 39-year-old Aaron Judge down at the end of that contract? Like, haven't we kind of seen that before with some guys on the Yankees? And we're like, oh, my God, why did we do this? I will say this. I, I brought it up in the beginning of the show. Derek, if you've watched the Derek Jeter documentary on ESPN, mm-hmm. Derek Jeter, Brian Cashman fought Derek Jeter tooth and nail for his final contract. And Derek Jeter was very upset at Yankees and, and very upset at Brian Cashman that he was going to leave. He was threatening to leave. He never left. He never left because he wanted to be a Yankee for life. He wanted to be one of those known Yankees for life because he loved the Yankees and the organization so much. He took the money that Brian Cashman offered him. He didn't talk to Brian Cashman even when he retired from the Yankees. He He's never spoken to Brian Cashman again. It took him all the way to his Hall of Fame inductee where he pulled Brian Cashman to the side and told Brian Cashman that I understand why you did that. I respect you for it. No hard feelings. I understand the type of, you know, type of, type of position you were in as a GM to make that decision. That shows, And I'm not a Derek Jeter fan, even as a Yankee fan, but I respect him for that. And Brian Cashman... He's not one of those guys that are going to open up the pockets and say, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay you $300 million for eight years. He don't do that. He already said that he would never do it again after Jacoby Ellsbury. And after that debacle of a contract, he oh. was never going to do it. And then he didn't give it to Robinson Cano. And then what happened? He, they, they, Everybody found out and their mother found out he was on steroids all that time. So what does that do? Could you imagine if he was a Yankee and he was on steroids? Oh, another Alex Rodriguez. You know, this is this is the problem. And maybe it was Alex that got Robinson Cano on steroids. Who knows? The fact is, to me, when you sit back and you relax and you understand the way the game has changed, there's only one guy I trust more than Brian Cashman in, in all of professional sports. You know who that is? Myself. <laughs> I was going to say Speedy Petey, but no. you know what? It, it, it kind of we could curtail this into the NFL too. It's look at what happened in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and 
they were hamstrung because he, he, you know, he won another MVP. He brings him to the brink of the Super Bowl a few years in a row. And they're like, damn it. We don't want this guy anymore. Mm-hmm. We've drafted his replacement. But how do you sell to the fans? Hey, we're going to let, you know, the greatest quarterback, arguably in the history of the franchise, walk away when we're on the precipice of winning a championship, which obviously this year they're not. And I think the Yankee fans, they, they're going to scream at Cashman when, if and when he signs somewhere else. They're going to go, how do you let this guy go away? But again, as a Yankee fan, I look at it and go, what championships has Judge brought here? Yes, last year was great with the home run chase and all that. I love it. You know, fantastic drama for us to watch all summer long. But look at Tampa Bay. Look at some of these other teams who they do it through young players that they're bringing up through the system. They're not overpaying for everybody and their brother. They just get really good players. And, I, I, you know, we're already paying Stanton a ton of dough, and he's not producing like I think he should, like his contract dictates. You know, I, He's got three stay. years left. He's, he's gone in three oh. years. So he's 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 done in three years, and I and I and I That's also a long time still. They have a lot of good young players that I think the Yankees should trust to bring them up. Volpe and Pereza yes. and Cabrera, bring kids up, let the Dominguez, kids play. absolutely. And they're still going to make the playoffs. They're still talented. Their their pitching staff is still good. Their 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 relief pitching. Their if healthy, their relief pitching will be good this year. It's not like you sit here and say, hey, you know what? They don't have Aaron Judge. They can't win. They're going to win, and they'll have money to spend the year after when the big names come out, the Sotos, the Otanis. There's a lot of good players coming out next year in free agency. To say the Yankees are going to win it, I don't I don't know if they're going to win the bid for any of those guys, but I, I would trust that if the Yankees want a player, they'll get him. So uh, it's not that they don't want Aaron Judge. It's just being that he's 31 years old, I'd be afraid to give him any more. I'd give Soto. He's going to be 28, 27 next year when he's a free agent. I'll pay him. I give him ten years. I'll give him ten years, four hundred million. You know why? Because I know Juan Soto is twenty-seven years old, and I also know the guy has never been hurt, and he actually hits in the playoffs. So yeah, I would give Juan Soto what he wants, not Aaron Judge because of his age. If Aaron Judge was twenty-seven, I give him the ten-year deal. I give it to him. Why? Because at least twenty-seven. 30, I would say he breaks down at 34, 35. I would say you get seven good years of Aaron Judge. Seven. Right now, 31. Eight-year deal. You're probably going to get three, maybe four good years. And then everything's going to start to break down with a six foot eight, 280-pound muscle mass, muscle mm-hmm. mass guy that gets you has to be in a box 162 games. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. I, I agree. Uh, it would be sad to see him go, but like I said, you can use that money elsewhere 100%. down the road, and you're not going to be crying like you were with Ellsbury and like people are going to be doing with Stanton, and we've seen it over and over and over again. It's like, oh, my God, why are we paying this this guy? You know, you're paying Ellsbury not to play. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable, and that, that's what would happen at the end of that judge contract. And they'd give him away, and they have to pay half the contract with two years to go, and We've seen this story before. Well, but anyway, and that's to pay Bobby Bonilla not to play for the last thirty years. And remember, uh, and remember the best name. Deal ever. And remember this name uh, because it, I mark my words. If Aaron Judge goes to San Francisco, probably within twenty four hours, you're going to hear a pitcher being signed by the Yankees. Rodon will sign with the Yankees. The Yankees will give him the six year extension worth about one hundred and thirty million, and they'll get their left handed pitcher to pitch right their second guy to pitch right behind Garrett Cole, and they'll have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And then they'll go into the season with a great pitching staff, a great bullpen, 
and their roster will still be able to hit. They're not going to hit Aaron Judge numbers, but they'll hit enough where they'll be able to win. So it, it's not it's it's not all the end all be all for the Yankees, and they'll still have money to spend in the offseason next year to add another bat. So Yankee fans, relax, breathe. <laughs> Brian Cashman is running the organization. I know a lot of Yankee fans don't like him, but just remember, 33. The magic number is 33, which is 33 winning seasons in a row, which no professional sports team in history has ever won and had winning that many winning seasons in a row but the Yankees. Remember the last time the Yankees had a losing season? It was 1990. 1990-91 was the last time the Yankees had a losing season season. I was 11 years old. Good Lord, I'm old. I wasn't even born. <laughs> Sweat on that, boys. Sweat on that. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I was born in 1982, so I was, I was right there with you. So it, it's just, it, Yankee fans need to stop. This, this, is, this is a crazy, get rid of him, get rid of him. Four-year contract. Four years for buying Cashman to, to bring him out to 2026. I, I'm going to tell you this. Mark my words. Before 2026, the Yankees will win a World Series. They will win a World Series with Brian Cashman still as the GM of that team. Mark you look at what happened today in the NFL where mm-hmm. a, the Tennessee Titans got rid of their general manager after, yeah. uh, after really what his biggest faux pas, yep. not extending A.J. AJ Brown. A.J. Brown, yeah. Brown then, you know, they trade him away. They get a first-round pick, great. But the Eagles whitewash them in Philadelphia, and the team looks at them and they go, what are we doing? We got rid of this guy. Like he just wanted 25 million a year and they were so cheap. Like, ah, we won't go over 22. Like Mm. you can't find three more million for an alpha wide receiver. It's a passing league. And now he's shown the door. So it's crazy to pay young elite talent. That's Mm -hmm. what it's all about in sports. And it's crazy. Everyone's chasing. And it's great. The crazy thing about that, Brian, and by the way, we are talking to uh, pro football focus and Sirius XM fantasy football radio show host, Brian Drake. Uh, Again, Brian, when you look at the big picture, Tennessee is still in first place in the division, and they fire their GM because mm-hmm. of watching what A.J. Brown did to, on Sunday. Just A.J. Brown. It wasn't Philadelphia. It was A.J. Brown completely dominating a game against his whole team. And I told Speedy, did I not tell you that no, was going to yeah, happen? I, 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 I was wrong on that. I thought I Mike told him, game plan for everybody him. Thought, everybody thought, everybody thought that – Philadelphia was going to have a problem with Tennessee. I said, there's no way in hell they're going to have a problem with Tennessee because A.J. Brown is going to run all. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores three touchdowns in the game. What does he score in the game? Two touchdowns over 140 yards or whatever he had. He completely dominated the game. So, again, uh, they were wrong. And I'll tell you this right now. Their coach, uh, Vrabel, you watch his face when he heard that trade. Me and Speedy were sitting at Miller's House. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And we yep. were watching. You see my face when, I, when it came across. Dude, and we were Eagles sitting face. there, and they, they were right in Tennessee's, Tennessee's, what do they call that, uh, when, they, when they're right behind close. The uh, war room. The war room. And yeah. you heard when, when, when it came out that A.J. Brown was traded to Philadelphia, Vrabel got up, you saw the disgust in his, in his eyes, and he walked out of the room. So what do you think he did when he closed that door? Okay, probably punch things. And you could see the, the difference of Philadelphia's offense with A.J. Brown in it. It opens up everything for them. And, it is, it, and now that if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back or he doesn't, he's not 100%, I think this is an easy way to the Super Bowl for Philadelphia. I don't, I don't know anybody that's going to be able to beat them. I don't know. Yeah, what about it's you? It's going to be – really, it comes down to Dallas. You know, and Philadelphia's going to play Dallas again. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas wins that game that – 
uh, you know, when they play again in a few weeks. But it's very important, I think, for Philadelphia. Get home field, just as it is for Buffalo, just as it is for Kansas City and the AFC. But if you're Philadelphia, you want home field. You want Dallas to come to you. You want San Francisco to come to you. Uh, really, the hope is that you can get those two to play each other. So one of them gets knocked out. You don't want to have to play both of them. San Francisco's right now. three right now. They would play the Giants. Did you see the Bucks last night? I mean, if Tom Brady doesn't look old, I don't know what does. I mean, we knew that he was going to break down, and we didn't. I, everybody thought he was going to, and he, he didn't. He's having a pretty good season. His numbers are still pretty good. I just, you could see him breaking down. He is not the same Tom Brady. And everybody says he came back from a 13, what was it, 16 16 3 with four minutes to go. I, I mean, it's ridiculous, but look who they were beating. I mean, the Saints are a good defensive team. They stink. Andy Dalton's the co- the quarterback of that team. That team's going nowhere. They're going to fire the coach at the end of the year. Their defense they ruined. should have fired him at the end of the game. Yeah, Their I mean, defense ruined what would have been the greatest primetime upset. Andy Dalton, who always sticks in primetime, versus Tom Brady. He had a 13-point lead with what? Two, Four two, minutes. minutes no? Four minutes and, to go. And, you know, and then you're throwing the ball on third down. <laughs> you, know, you should easily be running it. you got Elvin Kamara, who's one of the most elite weapons you can deploy out of the backfield in the NFL. But instead, you have an injured Mark Ingram in the game. You throw a swing pass to him. He's so injured with his knee, he goes out of bounds before the first down sticks. If he right. gets that first out, the game's over. Right. Th- th- we're not even talking about this today. We're talking about, oh, my God, what's going to happen with Brady? You know, you think he's going to go back to New England next year? Now it's like, up, ah, yep. Back to Tampa Bay. And, the Saints you know, offense just needs five Taysom Hills. Or, so they'll or, be fine. Or what the Saints need to do is they got to reach out to Sean Payton after they find the coach to rehire him. No, they just they just need a cloning system. They just have to clone Taysom Hill so he can do everything. Just yeah. let him let him run the whole organization. I'll bring you back, Sean. You'll be the GM. You're the vice president. The president. You're the everything. Just not the owner. That's I what I where say. he's going to go next year. They always I talk. Know. Oh, I know where he's he, going. They always say Dallas. Nope. That's always say. Oh, he's going to go to not Dallas. Anymore. But the thing is, if if Mike McCarthy brings them to an NFC Championship game, you can't really get rid of him. I mean, that team that's that's pretty good. Hey, we went to an NFC Championship team for a team known for not winning playoff games, you know, <laughs> since the '90s. Where do you think he's going to go, Errol? Where do you think the Chargers? Okay, I think that's where he wants to be. He wants to be in LA. Everything that I've read, he wants to be in LA right now. Yes, because of injuries. This is the second season with that talent on that team. They don't make the playoffs. I think he's done. I, I think they're going to go elsewhere. They have a star young quarterback. He has not mm-hmm. really fully developed this year. I don't, we had so many guys on last year, and I was complaining about Justin Herbert in certain games. He says, he was elite. I remember, well, who was the guy that we talked about? Aaron Schatz. Yeah, and he was, he's elite. He's elite. Well, uh, is he elite this year? I, I don't know. You, you tell me what you've watched. He hasn't played well, and it has a lot to do. Yeah, he, he Keenan, when you're a quarterback, you make everybody around you better. Tell that to Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has the worst tandem in the NFL. And even with the bad tandem that he has, he still finds a way to score. So, And that, that's a horrible wide receiving core. So to sit here and you tell me, well, you know, this guy's injured, that guy. That's the NFL. I don't want to hear it. That's a crock of you-know-what. He's going to go to the Chargers. I, I think uh, Peyton will have his choice. He will reach out to the Chargers at the end of the season. And uh, he would tell the Chargers that he has an interest in them. And once that happens, they will fire their coach and uh, they'll bring him right in. He will be the coach. He'll be the new head coach of the, the San Diego Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry, L.A. Chargers. I the third team of L.A. Uh, yeah, I, I like Justin Herbert. I think he's really, really talented. Fantastic. Yeah. And, 
you know, he did have that big rib injury. You remember what was that week two, week three? Week three. Yep. yep. When he when he got he went down. I mean, the first two weeks, you look at him. Week one, he completed over seventy six percent of his passes. Absolutely, he threw three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He's a really good quarterback, and I, so I'm not going to sit here and you know talk like. Uh, Who's that one clown on uh, Twitter? Uh, Emmanuel Acho. Oh, who, God, like, has to compare, he's the worst. But has to compare him to Tua. And it's like they're both good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 we always get in this like pissing match with talking about sports players. Like we have to rank them. This guy has to be better than this guy. How about it's just get a guy who's great for what you do. Mm-hmm. Like what Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Uh, Nick Sirianni built an offense that's great for what he does. Mike McDaniel built an offense that's really good for Tua being a point guard and accentuating his positives. I think Sean Payton, to your point, could go to the Chargers and make an offense that accentuates the positives of a six foot seven cannon armed Justin Herbert, who right now they don't let him throw the ball down the field. It's mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. All he's doing is dinking and dunking left and right. Let this kid unleash the howitzer let's go yeah and, and they, they have a, deep threats so. and they have deep threats they have a good running game they have uh obviously when slater comes back this year one of the better offensive lines in football uh, yeah they gotta get that line healthy they're that's yeah. what's killing them and in their defense if they weren't they weren't so many and joey bosa needs to figure this out he, he needs to stay on the field this guy cannot i mean all i gotta do is spit on him he's injured for four or five games i mean the guy can't stay healthy his fingers falling off i lost my nail gotta be out for two weeks i mean the guy even nick bosa i'll say this nick bosa the guy plays hard and everything like that he plays hurt he's tougher than his brother joey and they're both injury prone but at least he goes out there hurt and he puts on he puts on a show you heard what he said Kyle Shanahan took shots at Joey Bosa last week in that defense. Before this, then he goes in. They lose their starting quarterback in the first quarter of the game. They play a third-string quarterback, which, by the way, they love, just like Mike White. I'd figure that one out. And um, and then all of a sudden, they beat a very talented Miami Dolphins team. Not a good Do- Miami Dolphins team. A talented one of the top teams in the AFC to sit here and say they were going to do that. When I thought when I saw Jimmy Garoppolo go down, I thought they were done. But I, I with the talent that they have and the running ability that they have, they could win. They still could sure. win. We've seen that in the NFL numerous times. You saw it, you know, Nick Foles take a team to a Super Bowl. You saw Jeff Hostetler take a team to a Super yep. Bowl. You saw uh I mean there, there's other examples. That was, Troy Detmer, Earl Morrill, yeah. you know, it took a team to a Super Bowl. So it, it's possible. How about your guy, Mike White, in New York? I know mm. you guys are New York-based. Yes. I, I'm curious, though. I mean, they had him drop back 57 times this week. Mm-hmm. But now a team's got a little tape on him. Week one, hey, it's great. He just throws three touchdown passes. Week two, he kind of reverts back to a little bit of the Mike White we saw a year ago. And I'm someone who said the Jets don't want to play Mike White because they don't want to show the fan base that he's better than Zach Wilson. I've never been a Zach Wilson guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll turn it around. Who knows? He's a very young kid. Uh, but I wonder if maybe like the shine comes off Mike White. They got a couple of tough matchups with Buffalo. They got Seattle in a few weeks. They're going to end the season with Miami. Like I, I'm real interested to see what happens with the Jets. Here. I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I, I'm so intrigued by this Jets offense the skill position players that they have, and where this team could go with that defense. By the way, we are talking to pro football focus and Sirius XM fantasy football radio show host Brian Drake, and it's it's so interesting. We were going to get into the Jets, so why don't we get into it? I I, I think the Yankee up uh, the Yankees. I think the Jets are making 
a, a big mistake keeping Zach Wilson as a third-string guy, a guy that's not even playing, not suiting up. I think it was a big mistake. I, I, I really think, as much as I like Joe Flacco, he should be the one not dressing up. It should be Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback because it shows Zach Wilson that if you keep working, you'll get back to where you were. And right now, he's got to jump Joe Flacco and then jump Mike White. You know how hard that is? It, it's not easy, and he's lost a lot of confidence, and losing confidence in the NFL is a backbreaker. This is a team that did it to Sam Darnold. This is a team that did it to Geno Smith. This is a team that did it to uh, Chad Pennington and parted ways with him. They they make these mistakes with these quarterbacks. They go at Mark Sanchez. They did the same thing. They've done this over and over and over again to young quarterbacks, and, and they're giving up early on this kid. Now, I do believe in Robert Sala, and I do believe that Robert Sala wants to see him back in. He wants to show the Jet. He wants to put Mike White out there. If Mike White keeps playing and putting up numbers like he is, you won't see Zach Wilson this year. And then the Jets are going to have to make a decision in the offseason if Mike White, I mean, Zach Wilson's the guy, not Mike White. If Zach Wilson's the guy or they, they go to they go for a quarterback, a veteran quarterback um, uh, like a Derek Carr or Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, one of those guys, if they become available. Um, you don't think if the Jets win a playoff game with Mike White, no, you don't think they stick with him? No, I don't, mm-hmm. and and not because I don't. I don't think he's uh, he's a good quarterback. I just I don't know if the Jets really believe his talents uh, in a, in a seventeen eighteen game season is enough to get them where they want to go in the Super Bowl. And 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 it's not this year that the Jets believed they were on their way. It's next year. They always uh, – th- this year was a prove-it year, and then next year with the talent that they have, like the Garrett Wilsons, the Brees Hall, they've proved that they're talented, and all the guys that they added, then they go into the offseason. Now they have proved it even faster. If the Jets make the playoffs this year, nobody wants to play that team. Tell me a team right now in the AFC that wants to play the Jets away. They're one of the best away teams in the NFL. They put up they, – their their defense is, is, is absolutely a gun-slaying defense that loves to get at you, loves to put pressure. They rush for. They play man defense. They have two of the best corners in the NFL. Uh, they have uh, a, a slot corner that's in the top 15 in, in corners in all of football. Their safety play has been one of the elite safety plays in the league. There's nothing that tells me that anybody wants to play this team. Garrett Wilson is a star. Don't tell me that he's not, and, and nobody can tell me that he's not. This guy is he's making a he's making a statement his rookie season. And honestly, offensive rookie of the year, there's no doubt in my mind he could be offensive rookie of the year. If he keep, continues doing what he's doing and putting up the numbers that he has in the last four or five games, he's going to be offensive rookie of the year. And they would have had defense and they and they Brees Hall would have been offensive rookie of the year if he stayed in. And they got have, yeah. yeah, and Gardner is the defensive rookie of the year. So they could still have both of them on one team and have Brees Hall coming back next year. Elijah Ferrer Tucker, an all-pro player, probably be the best uh, offensive lineman all season long, playing four positions this year and playing it very well. And then they have Makai Beckham. If the guy can actually stay healthy, they could solidify their offensive line, and they're still one of the youngest teams in the NFL. So you sit here today, if you're a Jet fan, and you want to cry me the river that Zach Wilson, Mike White, or they don't know who their damn quarterback is, Cry me the damn river because it doesn't matter who's the quarterback next year. If these guys come back healthy and they stay healthy, there's no doubt in my mind they're a contender next year. And I'm not talking about playoff contender. I'm talking about Super Bowl contender. And that's not because I'm a Jet fan. Just look at the talent that they have. It makes oh, they're a, a contender lot of sense. this year. I mean, 
I think with Mike White now, I mean, it, it, now they're throwing the football. Now they're converting third downs. That was my biggest pet peeve with the Jets. You're running this high school offense with Zach Wilson here. I mean, you're really trying to hide him. Mm-hmm. You were just running the ball, and they got when Brees Hall got rocking and rolling. I would have Jet fans tweeting at me all the time. They're like, "You're an idiot." You know, <laughs> look at the games. I go, "You think Zach Wilson is the reason you're winning these games? Not, there's not a chance. You could have anybody back there." Mm-hmm. Me and you could play quarterback and do what Zach Wilson did. Mm-hmm. It's they're running the football. Brees Hall is a superstar, yep. and they have an elite defense. So I'm looking at them right now. Right now, if the season ended today, they would play a first round game at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's much watch TV. That you know, great offense from Kansas City, Mahomes, Andy Reid, and now you get this defense coming to town. Oh my God, who wouldn't be sitting, you know, sign up in front of your TV for four hours? And it's a top three offensive line and a top five defensive line. And yeah. would Let's you go. be? And yeah. would you be? And would you be surprised if the Jets come out and beat them in Kansas City? I wouldn't. I would felt nothing surprises me. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, that, does that mean they win the Super Bowl? No, but it wouldn't surprise me. They beat Kansas City and then they lose against Buffalo the next week. It wouldn't be surprise me. And 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 the Jets could go into Buffalo this week. They beat them already in MetLife Stadium after losing against Minnesota. Come out and play hard against Buffalo because Buffalo has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Let's be honest, they've looked like crap. And ever since he's that uh, Josh Allen is has been hurt in the fourth quarter, the last play of the game against the Jets. It hasn't been the same, and he's still not 100%. I think he has a problem with his UCL. Uh, I, I think he has a very hurt elbow. I, I believe going into this game, he is going to fear sitting in that pocket. He's going to run for dear life against the Jets because he knows what happened the last time. So do I think the Jets could go into Buffalo and knock him off again? I wouldn't be surprised if they do. And the defense is concerning, too, with the Bills because they just lost Von Miller now. He's on IR. He's out for four Do games. you remember the last bad game that, Jets, that Mike White threw against with the team that he threw against, and he threw, what, four interceptions against? Was it the Bills? It was the Bills. Yeah. That was the last. So he has a redemption game. He can go into Buffalo. The last time he played Buffalo was the game that really – Practically took him out and, and put Zach Wilson back yeah, in. Yeah, and he got hurt, I think, in that yeah, game. So he, he, he threw four yeah. interceptions in that game. Four, if you remember. And it was all in, really, three out of the four was in the first half. He got hurt in the beginning of the third third quarter. And he was out for the rest of the game. He, he's got a redemption game. He can go into this game, win this game in Buffalo, and shut everybody up. And I, and do I think the Jets could do it? I wouldn't be surprised. They, had a, they should have beaten Minnesota this week. They should have. The play calling... Let, let me tell you something, Brian. I have been saying this over and over and over again. I'm sorry I'm talking your ear off. It just makes me sick to my hey, stomach. We're talking football. Brian did yeah, mention high school offense, so I think he's I, agreeing with you on this Mike, one. Mike, Mike White had three chances. They were first in goal on that the— That was unbelievable. On why why the, wouldn't they run the football? Yeah, on the one-yard line. First and goal on the one-yard line. And you run the ball the first time. Almost got in there, and then you throw the ball the last two times. What are you thinking? I, I, I mean, and then in the fourth down, they go for it on fourth down, and they throw it again. I mean, it just Mike, Mike Lafleur, and I, and I don't care what Robert Sala says. It wasn't Mike White's fault. It wasn't the defense's fault. It wasn't the offense's fault. The reason why they lost that game was because Mike Lafleur is an idiot. And Give the ball to Zonovan Knight. Uh, Give it to him three, three times straight. And, and by the go. way, Zonovan Knight, what a find he is. I mean, could you? How he went on draft. I, I, very weird. It's, it's, what a find he is. What are they going to mm-hmm. do next year? You've got Brees Hall coming back. 
You have Michael Carter that's hurt right now. You have you have Pam Knight now. And now you have James Robinson, which, by the way, you gave up a six-round draft pick. You have control of four great running backs. You can only keep three. I keep Bam, honestly. I would trade James Robinson if he plays plays great for the rest of the season and moves into the playoffs and plays well. I trade yeah, James I mean, Robinson. Look at James Robinson this week. He only played uh, 11% Robinson. of the snaps. He got four yeah. carries. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, I'm impressed. If you're a fantasy out there, if you have Zonovan Knight, and who knows if Michael Carter comes back this week or not, but, boy, you're just plugging him into your lineup, and you're loving it. I mean, 16 points in a PPR last week? That's mm-hmm. outstanding mm-hmm. for a kid off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I, I drafted Michael Carter in a lot of my leagues this year, so when, when Robinson was, like, randomly inactive, which I didn't understand, by the way, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, this, is, this, this, this could be good, and here comes Zonovan Knight getting, like, 12 touches and all those receptions, too, and he's still I scooped the Ty Johnson. I didn't even know Bam Knight was a you know, figment of anyone's imagination. Uh, so I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to scoop up uh, Ty Johnson here. Mm-hmm. And Ty Johnson's okay. You know, he gets a little bit of passing down work. But, um, it, you know, it's really – it's the Zonovan Knight show. And who knows? Maybe they'll keep Carter out another week. Uh, you just keep your eyes on that for fantasy if you've got Carter. I uh, think there's no already, reason to rush him back. I think I know. I think they already know who their starting running back is even when Carter comes back. It's going to be Bam. I, they want to get these kids looks. There's a reason they had James Robinson inactive. They want to get some looks for this kid. They like him. Uh, they like him. And you want to know something? I think in the long run, in the offseason, they could trade one of these guys off. You know, if they want to trade, uh, you know, Bam, they could get something back pretty good for him. They could get a third-round draft pick back for Bam if he's playing like this. I don't think they move him. I, I think Brees Hall and him. I, I don't think Michael Carter is the future of this team. I, I, I like Michael Carter. I think he's a good player. I think there's a lot of things about him that really stick out to me that he kind of disappears in games. He's he's a leader, and I know the Jets like him as a leader, but Bam Knight has to see looks. He he really does. He's too good. He really is. And and Brees Hall, you have, you have two good, you know pounders, and, and I think Brees Hall is he's a super I don't super think star. Zonovan Knight sees the field next year if Brees Hall is healthy. It's Brees really? Hall is that good. Really? I do. Yeah, I mean, he is. It's like, you're, yeah. it's like having LaDainian Tomlinson back then. Yeah. No, no I don't want to compare him to that. Yeah, but I mean, he's that right. type of a player where you don't need to take him off the field. But, it, you know, you got to spell. It's the NFL. You always got to have a good backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he, he's a great, great number two to have. And yeah, I could see what you mean about Carter. There's You can move on from him and, and maybe you trade him. But the, the problem, nobody gives you anything for running backs these days. They're a dime a dozen. Yeah. Look, you could find Zonovan Knight off of the scrap heap. And plug him in, and now he looks like a world beater. Well, the other thing, too, is they've tried to adopt it to a lot, like the 49ers system, too, with mm-hmm. Mike LaFleur coming over there. But they've also done the quote-unquote things where they get too cute with their running backs sometimes, too. And being they're not Kyle Shanahan and not that offensive line, it's going to be make it harder to do that on a consistent basis because they do it very well. And I'm, I'm not saying Salah's a bad coach, but, again, offense is Kyle Shanahan's specialty, and he can get these random running backs to break out at any time when you least expect mm-hmm. it. So I think they're Robert trying Salah too much is that. seven of Five, seven and five in his second season with the New York Jets. He's a pretty good coach. Okay, I, I, I think that tells you that he's a pretty good coach, and 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 he knows that this team could be a winning team. This is the youngest Jet team we've seen, and and they have a winning mentality. These guys believe that they can win, and when you have weapons, when was the last time you can remember the Jets had a weapon like Garrett Wilson? 
I mean, Lavernius Coles. I, I mean, yeah, Lavernius Coles wasn't even a guy that the Jets really even drafted. Oh yeah, Washington yeah. drafted him. Yeah, That's so right. he, he, they, they did didn't the Jets draft Keyshawn Washington or Keyshawn Johnson? Yes, Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson. And by the way, he didn't. Have, his best years weren't even with the Jets. They were with Tampa. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah, so it, it was really Santana Moss. If you remember the last decent, oh, he was a good player. Yeah, the decent wide receiver. Another one that was with Washington too. Yeah, but yeah. It, this this kid. This kid's the real deal. I mean, this kid could end up with seven, eight touchdowns. He has four right now. Uh, he has a chance to win. To, he has 790 yards. He's going to break 1,000 yards in the next two weeks. Uh, I mean, how many wide receivers in, in this draft class, besides the kid from Atlanta, who really – and he can't stay healthy, so he's not going to win it. And, and, and Brees Hall, I love the kid from – I love the kid from uh, Seattle, um, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. He's hurting out too. Yeah. And I know it's killing me right now, so um, <laughs> it could hurt me. For I got to set my waivers after we're done talking here. I, What's I don't random know who to pick Seahawks up running Seattle. back? You got to pick up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I might not pick up any. I think it's just a disaster in mm-hmm. Seattle. I've usually with... avoided Seahawks skill players like since Marshawn Lynch, really, because of that. They're like always like they get thirty five points one week and then they'll get three. <laughs> yeah, just... people ask all the time, like, "Oh, who's the pickup in Seattle?" I, I don't know. Mm. And maybe the answer is nobody. It, it might be a committee and. They could pull somebody off the street tomorrow, and maybe Geno Smith will start at running back. Is Murray back available in your in your, any of your leagues? Who, Latavius Murray? Yeah, I think I think he he could be a nice pickup for this week. Oh yeah, I mean if Latavius Murray is available in your league, I mean they're trying to get Mike Boone a little bit uh, work in now that he's off the IR for the Broncos. But to be honest, I don't want anything to do with that offense. Mm-hmm. That offense is Horrible. so putrid <laughs> in Denver. It's mm-hmm. it, it's abominable. I. I I can't believe that they've got to pay Russell Wilson for the next, what, five, six years, and they gave up draft capital to do so? Horrible. Like, oh, my God. Seattle Seattle is picking third if the season were to end today. Imagine, like, them end up with Will Anderson and make the playoffs. <laughs> yes. Uh, they knew exactly what they were doing in Seattle. They're like, number one, nobody likes Russ in this locker room, so we'll be glad to get rid of him. They knew he was a declining asset. And the Broncos traded for him like he was some 24-year-old. Mm. Like, people can cry all they want about and, – and I will never in a million years defend Deshaun Watson for his off-the-field stuff. Right. I just want to talk on-the-field football. Deshaun Watson is a young, ascending superstar quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. That's a guy you give a long-term deal to, and that's what they did. Again, we there's a whole other show about the other stuff. But you don't do that for Russell Wilson. <laughs> like Russell Wilson is on the back nine of his career. Why are you giving him a five, six year extension and paying him all this dough and giving away draft capital? Like Denver, what are you doing? Like if you were talking about a GM, who should get fired? It should be Denver's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Patton, yeah. <laughs> As everybody knows, we are talking to pro football focus, Sirius XM fantasy football radio shows, Brian Drake. Uh, fantastic takes for Brian Jake, as always. But, you know, Brian, you, you look at right now the New York Giants, and, and we sit here mm-hmm. today in the NFC East. Uh, it, it could go back and forth. Washington's winning. They they just got a tie with the Giants. By the way, the Giants should have won that game. I have no idea what happened in, in the fourth quarter. They looked horrible and putrid. Uh, and Daniel Jones actually had his best game. I thought he played his best game. It wasn't Daniel Jones's fault that they lost that game, or they tied that game, which is practically a loss. Jason Garrett drugged Brian Dable, and all of a sudden his clock management strategy came in. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this division, but I believe three out of the four teams is going to make the playoffs. 
I, I, it's crazy. And sure. And um, yeah. who knows? Maybe all of the teams in that division make the playoffs. How bad the NFC is. I mean, Washington's starting to play good football. They, who would have thought that Tyler Henneke would be the the savior of that organization? It's it's crazy. Uh, what are right. your he thoughts? He stinks too. Yeah, I, I'll tell you for Giants fans, and I've lived through this before. Having a tie, people go, "Oh my god, I can't believe we tied." Having a tie in the NFL is not the worst thing in the world. Ties are better than losses mm-hmm. because when you look, how does that playoff uh, bracket fall? It goes by wins and losses. So if you only have right now, the New York Giants only have four losses. They're ahead of all the five loss teams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not the worst thing in the world. Giants fans. Would you have rather won? Yes. But <laughs> the tie, it, the tie could help you down the road. I also think it uh, uh, maintain I, a seed. I also think it actually helps nullify this too. It takes away the head to head with Seattle. If that came down to it too. So the, 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 rather than being like 10, seven or nine and eight or whatever they would have been at the end of the year, they would yeah, be nine, so the Giants right one. now. They're the sixth seed. If yeah. the season ended today, you know, and, and if they would have lost that game, they, you know, that Seattle would probably jump them, right? Seattle would definitely jump them, yeah, because yeah. Seattle has head to head, so they both They'd be seven to five, right? and then Washington would be eight and four, so they would be in the sixth spot. Yeah, so, yeah, but with the Giants, I mean, I, I'm no Daniel Jones fan. He's showing some strides for fantasy. This is two of the last three weeks that he's a top ten scorer. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations if you're streaming Daniel Jones. But the Giants, they don't have any wide receivers. I mean, this isn't. I feel mystery. bad for it's, him. Yeah, they, they don't need players. It's Saquon Barkley, and Saquon Barkley, we know what he is. He's going to do two-yard gain, one-yard gain, two-yard gain, one-yard gain, 70-yard gain. That's who Saquon Barkley is, right? And it's never changed. It's the same all the time. Uh, he never really comes off the field, and it's just, hey, he's great for fantasy. But, I mean, if you're looking at trying to pick up anybody else from the New York Giants, really it just comes down to Darius Slayton. And I'll be honest, I've been starting Darius Slayton since October in a 14 team league. Mm. So he's not bad. If you're desperate for a player, you can stream Darius Slayton, Richie James. If you're in a super deep league. And I want to ask you guys about Daniel Bellinger. I like him. Daniel Bellinger is a kid who, you know, had the eye injury Mm -hmm. and it put him out for a while. But if you can come out and get, you know, six targets in an offense, desperate for passing options. I mean, everybody needs a tight end unless you've got Kelsey or Kittle. You need a tight end in fantasy football. So keep an eye on Daniel Bellinger. You know, he was out there last week. He ran, uh, he ran, uh, participated in 83% of the Giants routes uh, at 18% target share, you know, which was better than Richie James. Uh, so thank God. You know, keep an eye on Daniel Bellinger. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. I, both my quarterbacks are on bye weeks, of course, Aaron, jo- Aaron Rodgers and, uh, um, Justin Fields are on bye week. So it's been very frustrating to me. Jared Goff, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill. Who'd you go? Who would you go with as you started this week? You know what? Those aren't bad options. They're not bad options at all. And you could even go to the waiver wire for Tyler Huntley Mm -hmm. of the Baltimore Ravens because he's going to come in and fill in for for Lamar. Uh, And, you know, he's shown that he can throw the ball. He can put up over 250 yards. He can run the football just like Lamar. He's a great backup for that system because he can do exactly what Lamar does. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a low-end option if you're like, hey, I'm desperate. I don't have anybody else. Who would you, you go, go with? Would you go on Not the worst option in the world. Uh, other than that, I, I like Jared Goff. I think that's a good play. You look at him now, he's got Amon Ross St. Brown is a stud. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of poo-pooed him after last year. That, oh, the, you know, it, because Swift was hurt. Hawkinson was hurt. Well, it shows this year, you know, that, 
Jared Goff is, or uh, excuse me, Amon Ross St. Brown is a really good top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Well, no Swift point. is still hurt, and Hawkins got traded, so. <laughs> well, yeah, but no, Swift's back. Swift played. Now he is, but it took him a while. <laughs> right, and they got DJ Chark. They got Jamison Williams, their first-round pick. He's back playing, so he's got weapons to throw the ball to. He doesn't have a tight end, but great. Now they can get the ball to Swift more. Jamison Williams leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So I wouldn't be against starting. I, I, Derek Carr scares the crap out of me because he never wants to push the ball down the field. He only really throws the ball down the field if the guy's wide open. Look at those highlights last week to mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Every play is either a trick play or something. The defender fell down, something's going on, and he's wide open. And it's the other reason you can't stream a defense against the Raiders. It's because he always just throws the ball away. He goes back, that internal clock goes off, one, two, nobody's here. Boom, he just throws it out of bounds. The guy rarely gets sacked. Mm-hmm. So those would be my two plays. I'd say Goff, and then I'd go to the waiver wire for Huntley. Well, I'm excited. J.K. Dobbins will be back next week, so I could have him for the playoffs. <laughs> God only knows with that guy. He'll come after you on Twitter if you say something bad about him, too. <laughs> Don't worry. They have the Lord and Savior's Kenyon Drake to help out. <laughs> I, that's another one that just befuddles I was high on him last year, and I botched it. Now he's good this year. <laughs> Gus Edwards. I do a little segment on my series show called Hate the Drake. I talk about all the guys that let you down. And one of the guys on there was Gus Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. So we thought he was pulling away from Kenny and Drake after what he did in week 12. Now he comes out week 13 and he plays 25% of the snaps. Kenny and Drake plays 48. It's like, what are we doing here? Like Lamar goes out. You should be leaning on Gus, uh, but no, they go back to, uh, you know, Kenny and Drake. And like you said, we could get JK Dobbins back now. So geez, Louise, it's a mess. A you have mess. to defend your namesake. <laughs> Drake's have to stand together. By my the way, brother from another mother. Can you yes. Drink? By the way, it's funny. Um, my cousin. We have a we have a family league, twelve uh, team league, and he he's a Dolphins fan, and he drafted Kenyon Drake in twenty nineteen, and he got traded to the Cardinals, and he actually won the league. He had a lot of other reasons why he had Lamar Jackson that year and an MVP year and a bunch of other things, but it's like I joke to him all the time. He wouldn't have won if he didn't get traded to Arizona. <laughs> hey, that's uh, you talk about a guy going to Arizona. How about James Conner? This guy might be one of the most useful running backs for fantasy in the NFL. His role is is unchallenged. He has nobody coming in. It's very much like Saquon Barkley. He gets all the passing down work. He gets all the rushing work. He's got all the goal line work. So it's just unless something falls apart. And I mean, you can get Kyler running a ball in, but you can get that in New York with Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if you still have a trade deadline in your league, but trying to acquire – James Conner wouldn't be the worst uh, thing in the world think, either because now think, their offense yeah, is opening up. they got Hollywood Brown back. Yeah, I think they all passed for my leagues at this point. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah, only you never in, know. Some of, these of, my, four leagues, Some guys, of my four leagues, I'm, in, I'm only in two of them, really. I'm the commissioner of my big league, all my buddies from home and my fraternity and everything. Our, our trade deadline was like two weeks ago. Like, what are we doing? Wow, <laughs> Make it as far out as possible. Make it so we can go out you know, the night before Thanksgiving and get guys drunk and make them make <laughs> bad trades. That's what fantasy is all about, is screwing over your friends and family. I'm kind of contemplating and dropping Damian Harris. He's, he hasn't done anything for me this year, really. He's been a bust. And and being that he's he's lost his number one job, Stevenson is now the number one guy. Uh, do I trust that Damian Harris? And I need to bring in a quarterback. I don't want to drop Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to drop Justin Fields. You know, because I, I think those guys will play a big part, an intricate part, if I want to win in, in the playoffs. Uh, and I need to bring in a quarterback this week, so I'm trying to contemplate who do I drop. I mean, you, it's a one-quarterback league? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be afraid to drop Aaron Rodgers. 
Really? And I say this because you've got Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is Mr. 250 and 2. That's what he does. Look at his stats for the whole year. He's going to throw you between 225 and 250. I don't even have his stats pulled up in front of me. I can tell you that. Just I know it. Mm-hmm. Is he's going to throw between 200 and 250. It's going to be a touchdown or two. He's never going to throw for 350 anymore. He's not putting up the three, four touchdown games. And once that team's out of contention, they're going to sit his ass. They're going to play. Uh, they're going to play love. That's mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, they're talking about it already. Jordan Love so league winner. The fantasy playoffs and Jordan Love's in there. And you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You're going to play field. You're never going to play Rodgers over fields because mm-hmm. the upside's too great. Jordan Love league winner, you think potentially or too early? No, well, I mean, I think the Eagles, when he, that's the game he came in against Philadelphia. Right. There's no tape on him. So it's like, we don't know anything about this guy. Like when Mike White came in and you now he's setting the world on fire. Teams have tape on him for a week. Oh, what happens? He throws two interceptions and no touchdowns. So we'll see when Jordan Love comes out. So you would uh, drop Aaron Rodgers over Damian Harris? Running backs are so hard to find. What if next week, all of a sudden, Ramondre Stevenson, it's a high ankle sprain, and he's out for a month. And now you're sitting on. I have you, a lot, you can find I, a quarterback. I have like, a lot we of, just talked about it. I have, you can a, get, I have a lot of running backs. I have a pretty good depthful. You know what my running backs are? I'll tell you my running backs. I have, Let's hear I have Henry, Chubb, Walker, Harris, Murray, and Dobbs, Dobbins. My wide receiver core is pretty good, too. I have Samuel, Thielen, Moore, Watson, McLaurin. I, thought you had. McLaurin. I mean, I, my, my team's pretty stocked. And I'm you're going to pretty... play – yeah, I mean, you're going to play Christian Watson of every course, week. Of course, of course. You're going to play Terry McLaurin every week. Those other guys – I mean, we have Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore? Uh, Rondell Moore. Rondell, I mean, so he's hurt, so he's not doing anything. He for might him. play he this week. For saying, every other week, they're saying Mon- Rondell Moore might play this week. I know Dorch might play too, so we'll see. I, I was reading up on that before I came on the show. Uh, we'll, it'd be interesting to see how they divvy things up if we can get Rondell Moore back. He might be even on some waiver wires, folks. Uh, check for that because you know you've got the buy they're coming off of, and he's been injured. So I know teams they got to make moves. There's six teams on buy this week, so they're cutting players. You might find. For your playoff run, a really good player sitting on the waiver wire this week because, hey, I got to make a move. Like you're saying, I got to cut this guy to get a quarterback. There's been, there was, what, three quarterbacks injured this week, and that was six teams on by. People are definitely heading to the wire tonight. Baker's nope, nobody, never been a six a six teams in week 14 of a And Baker, ba- Baker Mayfield is a Ram now. Oh, so. God. <laughs> I mean, well, the Rams, that, that to me screams, the Rams knew Wolford's hurt their backup quarterback, who's their starting quarterback last week. And the kid Perkins is awful. He shouldn't even be in the league. Yeah, he's a dual So they're like, well, listen, we have yeah. nothing going on. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they reached out maybe to his agent and they go, listen, demand a trade. They'll get ready. They don't care, right? And we'll pick your ass up. And he, they're saying he could start this week. How do you come in and you've been off the street and you're going to start? <laughs> I mean, that, it makes no sense. Isn't that the Thursday night game? Yep. Yeah, Rams and Raiders. What a game on Thursday night. That was supposed to be so highly touted at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I can't see that. But, hey, if he he plays, start the defense against him. Hey, they probably just did it. After all that, they probably just did it just to spite the 49ers to make sure he didn't go there. Because, who knows? They didn't put a claim in for him, though. Yeah, I know, I know that, but being it's the waivers process, it's essentially yeah. like fantasy football. You're you're gonna have teams that go in, and the 49ers being eight and four, it's gonna be a little higher. But you know what? The, you I never know. San Francisco. So Baker Mayfield has stunk for multiple years. He's small. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a big arm. 
I mean, you're looking, you go, we got Brock Purdy. They picked up Josh Johnson off the Broncos practice squad. It's like, do we really want to bring this guy in and all his bag? It's like, we'll just play Purdy. If not, we'll go and we'll find somebody else. I actually like Purdy's arm talent a lot. I think mm-hmm. what hurt what hurt him was two things. One of which his first two years in college were great, and then the next couple of years he kind of fell off with his decision making. Like we've been saying a lot about Zach Wilson, he missed a lot of those short throws, and that really hurt him. And also just the way the league has shifted to mobile quarterbacks. Purdy is not mm-hmm. mobile. By the way, I dropped Damian Harris. So did I, you? I can't take it. I, I first of all, all right. a Patriot. Hey. I hate the Patriots. One, <laughs> so I, I don't even want a Patriot on my team. I dropped. I, I dropped. Uh, oh, who was uh, who was the tight end? I'm sorry, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. I traded yeah. Hunter Henry. So I, I, I just I, I hate the Patriots. I hate drafting them. I have I hate putting them on my roster. But I, I thought he was going to be the number one guy, even with Stevenson having the season that he did in the second half last year. I thought I, I still thought that Damian Harris was the better player. And now Damian Harris, they're not going to resign him at the end of the year. Why would they do that when they have Stevenson? So he he's and going three running backs they drafted this year. So, so he's he's going to be a free agent. You know, honestly, if I were the Buffalo Bills, that's what I would look like look at at the offseason. I would bring in Damian Harris. I think he'd be uh, a perfect. They're player. looking at James Cook, a guy they took in the second round, and they're giving him tons of work now. Yeah. He could be on waiver wires across America. Only about our time. He stinks. He's you don't like James Cook? No, I don't like him a lot. No, what? that's uh, it, isn't that what Dalvin Cook? Dalvin brother? Cook's younger brother. His he younger was, brother. Yeah, he was one of the two, along with Zamir White, on that championship Georgia team last year. Yeah, I, I thought White was better Georgia coming won. out. <laughs> Zamir White, I actually thought was better coming out of the draft, but Cook's outplayed him this year. Yeah, I, I don't like him. I, I, Cook, I th- last night Cook season high in snaps. Mm-hmm. He led the Bills in rushing, receiving. I mean, he outperformed Naheem Hines, outperformed Devin Singletary. But what scares me is Hines got more work mm-hmm. than he ever had. I don't know why they made that trade if they drafted James Cook and you're going to give him all this run. Why would you give up assets to get Naheem Hines? But, hey, it's their team. <laughs> uh, but the Bills at their core don't want to run the football. We know that. They want to drop back and they want to throw, throw, throw. So uh, I, I don't trust this offensive backfield at all, even though we just got a top 12 performance out of James Cook. I, I don't know if I can trust him in my lineup in the playoffs. And here's another thing. Cook is not going to run the ball very well against this Jet team. So uh, I, I think they're going to have problems running the ball again. Uh, I think Josh Allen's going to be very scared in the pocket, and he's going to try to move even better outside the pocket because he doesn't want to get hit. And I think uh, the Jets are going to cause a lot of problems in their running game. So I think they're going to have to air the ball out to beat the Jets this week. They're not just going to. And I don't think Josh is going to run out of the pocket and want to get hit by them, especially what happened a couple of weeks ago. So uh, he hasn't been the same since that Jake game. Honestly, he has not. So the Bills, they don't want to admit this. Mm-hmm. They miss Cole Beasley more 100%, than any player. 100%. Cole Beasley was the glue that held that offense together. I don't I, I don't know if you know if he's on a roster right now. I, I'd bring his ass back. <laughs> he was with Tampa, but then I think he retired officially. Yeah, I mean, that's why they need or needed a Odell Renfro. Beckham. They need a Renfro. They need somebody like that. Yes, you they know? need somebody to slot. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, they're trying to what get him going. Is, they drafted that the reminds here. Me. That reminds me. And by the way, we are, again, we are talking to pro football focus, Sirius XM fantasy football radio show host, Brian Drake. What the heck is Josh McDaniels doing? I mean, is this guy blind to something? How do you have a weapon like Renfro, like a Wes Welker, a Julian Edelman? I I mean, even hurt. When he is on the field, he disappears. He doesn't give him the ball. 
what the hell is wrong with this guy? They're trying to make something out of Matt Collins. Dude, this well, guy I mean, this guy it, almost had a th- thousand dollars. I know, Matt year. Collins is an eagle. I, I, ex-eagle, I get it. Well, no, I don't care about Matt Collins. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Hunter Renfro. I mean, the guy hasn't played in, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what are you going to do? I, really, what, what shocks me more is they're not getting Foster Moreau as involved as I thought they would, filling in for Darren Waller, who, oh, by the way, said today he could be returning next week. So Darren Waller hasn't played in like 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. So check your waiver wires, folks. Somebody might have dropped Darren Waller. Maybe you got an IR spot. You can stash him, pick his ass back up. It looks like he'll return next week for a team that's maybe getting a little something going here the last few weeks. Mm. Yes. Isn't it great? The, 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 Raiders, the Raiders have now dropped, uh, dro- picked up two, three defensive tackles. The Chargers dropped two of them, got sacks in their Week 18 game last year, and now another one got another sack this year to beat the Chargers. I mean, you're picking up defensive tackles in the Chargers, nobody is worse against the run than those guys last uh-huh, year. But, uh, but the Raiders are against the Chargers. That's all that matters. Before, yeah. we, before we let you go, uh, what did you think about the uh, college football playoff? How do you like the committee, committee's Choices. TCU loses their big game. Uh, U- USC loses their big game. TCU is still in it. USC falls out of it. Caleb Williams, to me, is the Heisman Trophy winner. He's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, were your th- what were your thoughts? Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State going into the playoffs. I'm honestly surprised. I was tweeting about this. Uh, you can follow me at Drake Fantasy if you want on Twitter for the 10 minutes. Twitter's still around. <laughs> and. I, I was surprised that TCU stuck in it, to be honest, because college football is about money. The players get paid. The coaches get paid. The TV networks run the show. I wouldn't have batted an eye if they said TCU's out, Alabama's in. I, and now we get Alabama against uh, Georgia. We get Ohio State against Michigan. Could you imagine the ratings bonanza? We get the rematches of those games mm. again. Now, is it fair a team that's not even in their freaking conference championship game gets into the, the playoff? No, it's not. But again, college football has never been about fair. College mm-hmm. football is about ratings. College football is about money. TCU is going to get smoked. I mean, mm-hmm. no one's touching Georgia. Georgia's going to beat Michigan by yeah. 30 in the national championship game. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, well, Ohio State gets in. They've got a huge audience. They got to have one of those guys in there, right? Even if you, USC would have won. And maybe USC gets in or, or whatever. It's do people in California really care about <laughs> USC if you're not an alum? Like, I mean, they're, in, in USC's defense, it's probably their most popular sport. But then again, it's it LA. Is. So, uh, yeah, girls volleyball, <laughs> challenging. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> by the way, by, by the way, you mentioned Georgia too. Are, are you surprised that Stetson Bennett got the Heisman nod over Hendon Hooker at least as the finals? I don't think either of them are going to win anyway. But still, like, I was shocked at that. I mean, the guy's forty years old. Probably he went to high school with some of the guys on the committee. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I can't get over that. I, I didn't even realize how old Stetson Bennett was until I started reading about it. I'm like, this guy's like 24. <laughs> there are dudes like their fourth year in the NFL the same age as him. See, don't worry, don't worry. At least he's not. At least he's not as old as the uh, his his quarterback partner last year in JT Daniels, who's now entering his sixth year and his fourth different time in the transfer portal. <laughs> oh my gosh, this transfer portal. Uh, let me ask you guys this before we go. I'm yeah, like, I'm running out of beer. I've <laughs> got to ask you guys about Deion Sanders. Okay. Ooh. I I love Deion Sanders, the player. Mm-hmm. I had a pair of Deion's shoes. I loved him at the Braves, and I loved him. You know, every I, Deion was great. Could do no wrong. I had a Deion poster in my room as a kid. This stuff here is, is bullshit with this coaching. <laughs> him leaving Jackson State. You know, God sent me to Jackson State to do all this. Really? God sent you there for two years? 
And then because you're making more money, now you can go to, to Colorado. It's never about the players. Mm-hmm. It's about Dion. Like, why are we making this? Like, he's going to put Colorado on the map. No, he's not. No. No, he, he's going to go there. He's going to bring in a bunch of kids. They're going to be okay. And we'll. the real key is, can Dion coach? Because I don't know how much coaching he actually does. I, it might be some of the, the assistants here. He's kind of the figurehead. But I, I, that's what I'm really curious about. Can Dion now out-coach big-time D1 coaches who are also paying shit tons of money to players to come play for them. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, when I you think... play against it, these guys in the Pac-12, you know, it's not, you're not playing swack competition. That's a step above I high school. I will say this before Speedy cuts in. I believe that he is a good recruiter. I He's think, great. I think great people, recruiter. I think people will go to him. He has the money behind him now. The, Jackson just didn't have money. He, I watched the, the little thing that, uh, 2020 did on him, and I, I, I like his personality. Dion almost died a couple of years ago. He had blood clots. Um, I, I think I, I think we have to give Dion a chance. I, I'm not a big Dion Sanders fan, but I think he's proven that he can coach. You know, I think he can, and I think he brings the right coaching staff together uh, over here in, uh, in Colorado. I don't know if they win a national champ. They're not. No. But, they don't need talent. No, but I think he's going to be able to recruit some of the top talent. He recruited one of the best wide receivers to Jackson State, who, by the way, is following him to Colorado. So I felt terrible about that. I watched his little press conference when he went in and he was talking to half the team showed up, and, and he was talking. He's like, listen, I'm bringing my luggage with me. We're talking about other players. Like, right. first of all, that's a recruiting violation. You can't talk about players who are on other teams, but uh, you know they'll never get in trouble for that. And – if I'm these kids, there's still a part of you that has to say, I know college football is a business and some of these kids get paid, but not all of them, not kids on Colorado, right? And to come in and just say like, guess what? You stink and you're going to get run out of here and I'm going to bring in X, Y, and Z. Oh, by the way, we already have the quarterback, mm-hmm. my son my who's going to come in here and we got this guy's going to If I, What if you're the quarterback? I don't know who the hell Colorado's quarterback is, but imagine if that kid's sitting in that room. Right. And you, and you, maybe you've been starting, you've been working for that team for three years and you're, you're sitting there and you're like, Oh wait, now you're not going to play. You're like, what? what are you talking? I don't even get a chance to, to fight for this job. And, and our, our, isn't college football a little about building guys from, from young men into, right. into adults and, and like building more than just, Hey, let's go make money. Or, or is that what's college football? That's all it is now. Yeah, There's it's no all, building into it's a business. Right. And you bring up a good point, too. Like, sometimes these egos end up taking over, and that's why a lot of these big-name college coaches don't work in the NFL either. And now you're seeing it with that kind of awkward introductory press conference. Again, some of these player relationships, again, not off to the greatest start. But, again, the Colorado's been so irrelevant for football in such a long time. I think the last bowl game they made was, like, 2015 or something like that. And that was just a bowl game. Nevertheless, a college football playoff experience where they're, they're nowhere close to. So they tried a big swing. But, yeah, I do question about the coaching too and again he's going to be able to motivate some players he's definitely going to be able to recruit and get like good money deals and stuff like that and I think that's what maybe Colorado is going for and then maybe when Deion Sanders gets some other job somewhere else then they'll have at least the revenue to try to get somewhere because nobody's going to want to go to Colorado on its own because again it's a cold weather state you're in a Pac-12 that is pretty deep but it's still not like a powerhouse conference so you're not going to be in the college football playoff a lot as it is the USC is their best chance and they blew it so I mean Mm -hmm. Really, even with the expansion, you might only get two teams in. So it's going to be hard it's, as it is. It's embarrassing. It really is. But, uh, again, I, I think when you look at Deion Sanders and what he's all about, I, I we have to wait and see how he, he's going to run a 
his the Colorado and and see where and how he recruits these players to come and play over there. Who's to say? And he already said he's never coaching in the NFL. He has no interest to coaching in the NFL. But I, if he proves himself in Colorado, who's to say he can't get a, a big SEC job? That's you know? where it's going. He mm-hmm. wants to coach it. I mean, Florida State just hired a new coach, but that's where he wants to go. He wants to go back he'll, down he'll to be, He'll be the next head coach at Auburn in three years when Hugh Freeze flames That's out. what I think is going to happen, yeah. I think he'll be yeah. he'll be running Auburn. He'll, um, you know, if, if what's his name again, Saban leaves and – a Clemson coach, what's his name again? Dabo, yeah. Dabo goes over to Alabama. He could take Clemson over. I mean, there's there's so many opportunities because I that's where I think Dabo is going. You know, he, he as soon as Nick Saban decides he's done, and that could be very soon, that's where Sweeney's going. He's going to his alma mater. That's where he wants to go, and that's where he always planned to go. So never rule out a coaching firing with Texas either. I expect that to happen. Anyways, uh, Mr. Drake. I want to get you on soon again. We love you. You're not only so talented with when it comes to your voice and, and your personality. You know your stuff, and it's amazing. And, and keep up the good work. Say hello to the fam, and uh, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you in the new year. Thank you, fellas. Continued success here, and uh, happy you. holidays. Thank you. We'll, we'll catch you guys uh, down the road. We're talking Jets playoff games. Maybe. Let's not let, let's not uh, let's not have wishful thinking. As Speedy calls me, the king of wishful thinking. So I love that song. I hear it at the grocery store. I sing along with. Yeah, that. Speedy never heard it, and I I actually introduced it to him. Now he loves yeah. it. It's funny. <laughs> Errol introduced it to me like run- go west. They're a huge yeah. a huge band. Errol in the introduced 80s. it to me like one time before uh, before our show like four years ago or something like that. He wanted me to play it at the beginning of the show, and he says, "Oh, it's like an '80s beat. Like you like '80s music." Like, and I I never heard of them because they're one hit wonder. I never heard of them. Let's go go west, and then I hear it. Then and then, I, oh, and then I hear useless information. And then and then I hear it. I was in a restaurant uh, picking up food, and I heard it. I'm like, oh wait, that's your song. Yeah. That's his song. Yeah. <laughs> if you're drunk at a Walmart at two in the morning, that's when you're going to hear that song. <laughs> Brian, you're All right, crazy. fellas, I'm wasting up your time. Uh, no, you're not. You never ra- wasting nah, our time. Never. <laughs> we really appreciate Brian. Keep up the good work. Thank you, fellas. Take care. As everybody knows, we were talking to Pro, fo- f- Pro Football Focus and Sirius XM Fantasy Football Radio Show host, Brian Drake. Fantastic. Always and now, now, ladies and gentlemen, our very close friend, Mark Everett Kelly. Mark, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. What's up? That was a good guest you guys had on. Oh, Brian. Fantastic. Brian, it's always good. He, he always comes on the show. He loves coming on the show. Not only does he know his stuff, he... Uh, he does very well on Sirius XM. He, he has a huge fan base and uh, one of the best voices you know, when it comes to radio that I've I've interviewed with. I mean, the guy's got a great radio definitely, voice. Definitely has a radio voice. A hundred percent. And he's, he's a great personality. He really is. And a good family man. I, I really love what he does with his family. He's got, uh, I think he has three kids. If I'm yeah, not mistaken. I think he has a two, two daughters and a son, if I remember yes, correctly. And, and they're, I've seen pictures of them. Beautiful kids. So... Good for him, and uh, you know, keep up the good work, Brian. We love you. Uh, so, Mark, how you feeling, buddy? All right, I got a doctor appointment Thursday morning. Yeah, we'll more. definitely talk. Uh, we'll definitely talk before then. But uh, so, why don't we get into it, man? Uh, what would you like to talk about when it comes to the NFL in this week? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson out for two to four weeks, or is it the great Mike White? starting mm. and could be the starting quarterback. By the way, did you hear what Chris Sims said about the whole Mike White thing, how the Jets are, 
are doing the wrong thing to Zach Wilson. And Sims. yeah, he's always got something to say, Chris Sims. Yeah, they, they, a lot of these guys think that the Jets should be putting know. Zach Wilson as the backup, not Joe Flacco, and that that they're ruining this kid. He should be backing up Mike White in case Mike White gets hurt. But but how are they ruining him? I mean, that's why the Jets sat him because they felt he was taking everything for granted. So if he just you know, even if he's a backup, you know. I don't see the real difference between him and Flacco at this point. Let him let him watch and let him eat some humble pie. But uh, anyway, me and you and I were talking the other day about mm-hmm. the AFC playoff picture, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And what other, you know, just got to get to 10 wins. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, well, the Chargers were their real competition. They lost on Sunday. So they're 6 and they're 6. They're done. They're done. The Patriots as and well. They're going to play Miami this week, the Chargers. So. Right. And the Patriots right. are 6-6. Six and, six, and if the Jets lose against Buffalo this week, they're still 7-6. and six. Right. I still don't think the Patriots are catching them. I, 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 it's, I don't think the Chargers. I, I think it really has to do, uh, honestly, with, with the AFC, I, I think the Jets play against themselves. I mean, if the Jets could win, they have – who do they got? They got Buffalo. Then they have the Lions. They have Jacksonville. Right. They should be even right. though yes, even though the Lions, Lions Jacksonville could be tough games. Yes, but they'll be Jacksonville, and, and they'll. Well, and, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not going to say that they can stay beat anybody. I, I think they can beat Buffalo this week, but I also think they could lose to the Lions and the Titans. I mean, uh, the Lions and the Jaguars. Jacksonville. Both of them are, are much improved right now. Mm-hmm. So. And then you look at the other – these are the teams I'm looking at more than the Patriots or the Chargers, okay? The Browns are 5-7. and seven. They're playing much better than they got. They didn't score yards. a touchdown. Their, their defense scored everything. I love the Browns roster, but that's a lot to trust they, all at once for a massive turnaround. They have, they, have, they have one of the best rushing teams in the league. Their schedule isn't that tough. We close it out the season. Yeah, they got Cincinnati and Baltimore – but then they have the Saints, the Commanders, and the Steelers. And Commanders you know, are no push either, game. though. What? Commanders are no push either. They're not easy. <laughs> no, but I'm saying is that the Jets' schedule is pretty tough when you look at it. Even the Raiders. Look at the Raiders with five and seven. Raiders have, you know, the games they've lost, they've barely lost. They have the Rams, the Patriots, the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Chiefs. And obviously the last two games are hard. That's but, uh, the, you know, I, the Raiders could get back into it. If the Jets lose – to Buffalo this week. And if they say they go one and one in the games against the Jaguars and the, and the Lions, uh, then they got to be, they got to win at Miami too. Seattle. So they have it, Seattle then, and then Miami. Yeah. I mean, those are all tough games. It's not like they're, you know, even they're two, they're two, you would say gimmies are against teams that have vastly improved since the beginning of the year. Uh, the Lions have probably played one of the best, you know, stretches in recent memory for them. I mean, they barely lost to the Bills. They've beaten some good teams uh, as well. And they're they're getting some of their guys back healthy on offense. So, you know, th- this game, you know, it's hard to get mad at the Jets losing to the Vikings who were, you know, 10 and 2 and one of the be- best teams in football this year. Uh, so you saw them come back. You saw them do a lot of good things. Even if the Jets don't make the playoffs, They've done a lot of good things, and I think I see something different in this team. I, I don't get the same old feeling when I watch them. I, and you know me. I, I've watched just forever, and I know. You Most know, Jet fans are negative. No, you've, you, you've said for, for years, Mark, and, uh, until they prove it, I'm not going to trust it. <laughs> right, but I, I, I think that this year I, I like the competitive spirit. I, I like some of these young guys 
Uh, I think it's a, there's a different tone now than there was even when they were going to the championship game in 2009 and 2010. Uh, that was still kind of, I, I don't know, it was, it was more still the old regime where, you know, they lost to Miami after that. I remember them losing to the Patriots 45-3 on a Monday night mm-hmm. football and like the, the game of the year between two nine and two teams. And then the next week they lost like 10 to six to one of the worst Miami teams at home. That's usually what they do. Okay. Uh, it's not so much a game that they, a, a, a game that's hyped that they lose. They'll lose like six to three to the Colts in 1990, 1993, mm-hmm. a game, you know, a, a season where they blew like three games in the last minute. So I don't see that too much this year. I, I think this year's team defensively, they're really sound, even though I still don't like how many third down conversions they've, they've allowed. Um, I, I think there's a different attitude, at least that I see. I, I don't know. I, I, I could be making it up. But as a, as a longtime Jet fan who normally thinks very negatively, I expected them to win on Sunday. So and for, for me to believe that uh, they're showing me something different. I think they've, they're, you know, it, they're, they're going to have a, a nice little run here if they can stay healthy. They're going to um, have a nice little off season. Because they have all these young players coming back. They have all their draft picks and some that uh, Joe Douglas has maneuvered over the last couple of years. And they have a chance, having such a great draft the last two drafts, and especially last year, where they can make a splash in the draft draft class this year to really clean up certain pieces. Remember, when the Jets went into the offseason, they had so many deficiencies. Yeah. Now going into the offseason this year – how many deficiencies do they have? Yeah. I mean, they, they, there's not many, except the quarterback is an if, you know. Besides yeah. that, they don't – there's really nothing that you could say, you know, affinitive that this is this is a weakness. I think going into the offseason, I think the strict, the strict part of where this Jet team going is is make this defense, you know, keep this defense elite – Add another piece here and another piece there. They have so many weapons coming back from their offensive line. Elijah mm-hmm. Very Tucker, Mackay Beckham. Yeah, got to lose yep. Font. He'll be gone. They, but they got have, Hall coming back too. You yes. know, running back. Yeah, he, Max they had Mitchell Hall on Sunday. They would have won. He would have gotten the ball in the end zone. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And they have Max. They have Mitch. Max Mitchell looks like a player. This offensive line. They have Brown for another year. Dwayne mm-hmm. Brown's been looking really good ever since they brought him in. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is a team that. Is absolutely going to be. I told Brian. Brian thinks they're 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 a Super Bowl contender this year. I don't think they are. Um, I think it's next year where I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, and I I just think that there's a lot of excitement that you should have as a Jet fan going into the. I think so. Yeah. Like remember when the remember when the Patriots brought in Rodney Harrison? Okay. Like he was. I mean, even though they won in 2001, mm-hmm. Harrison was like kind of like the final piece for them, for their defense in 2003, 2004, uh, that helped them win a Super Bowl. He was guy was a big time playoff performer. I hated him as an opponent because he always got like a cheap shot in at the end of, of a play. Um, so uh, I, I I think that those types of guys, Jets are missing that type of guy that they can look to, to, um, Give them a veteran presence. I mean, remember, remember they signed Jason Taylor yep. in 2010. Uh, he had a couple big. I remember him sacking Brady at the end of a game. I remember uh, yeah. they won, uh, and he had a, a big presence there. Uh, you know, even going back to when they signed uh, Leonard Marshall in '93, uh, like one of the first free agents. 
they, if they can bring in an, another guy, you know, preferably an outside linebacker that can get to the quarterback um, and not an over the hill guy. Uh, but a guy that still has a couple of years left. Then I think they. In the I think fir- that'll be the final piece. I think in the first round, that's what I think they're going to go after as a as a linebacker. I, I think that's what they're going to do. I, I love Quincy Williams. I mean, what a find that was for yeah, for right. Joe Douglas. I mean, you're talking about one of the faster linebackers in the NFL. He's very fast. He could defend tight ends. When was the last time you can name a linebacker that could actually can keep up with a tight end from the Jets? I don't remember oh, the last one. I, I, I mean, he, they, they never had one, and he finally fits the bill. I, I, I think they're going to sign him in the offseason. They're going to sign his brother. I, I mean, and, and Joe Douglas has his, you know, his, his work yeah. cut out for him. Because How good of a job has he done? I mean, oh, he, he didn't get enough credit. I mean, he turned the whole franchise around, and fantastic. he didn't even get that draft. If you remember <laughs> – they, who was the guy before him? They let the uh, Mackay Beckham draft was a, a horror. His first draft, right. McCagnon is the one you're thinking of. Yeah. McCagnon, right? They let McCagnon run that draft in the first year. They had the, the, the guy with the freaking weird eyes at the press. I'll never forget that press conference. What a nightmare! Adam oh, Adam Gase. Adam Gase, and then they went with Gase. Creepy oh, well, like, we let's get rid of McCagnon. That was probably the best thing Gase did was bring it. Uh, I said that probably too. the only good thing he did. And and uh, listen, if if Joe Douglas winds up winning a Super Bowl. Every th- I'm going to tell Jet fans, I'm going to say, for all you Jet fans that absolutely hated Adam Gase, all you got to say is, yeah. all I'm going to say is, tell him, write him a letter, thank you. <laughs> you did one thing right. Yeah. Like, so, what, what, what thing out of 283? Yeah. But, hey, listen. Well, if you remember Kotite, the one thing Kotite gave us was, uh, was Parcells. Mm-hmm. They would have never got Parcells if they – didn't fall to that embarrassment of a level where they won what four out of thirty-two games over a two-year span. Yikes. So, uh, I mean, and 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 for everybody that knows this story, Joe Douglas was like the number one or number two available mm-hmm. uh, GM that was going to be available in the offseason. The Jets had to sign him in the middle of the season, and before he said that he would take the job, he wanted a six-year extension. He wanted to be protected for six years because he knew it was going to take him at least three to four years to rebuild this. And he was right. He rebuilt this in three to four yep. years. And just think how much better they would have been if they had him for that draft, the one that McCagnin botched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they would have drafted Qu- Quentin Williams. I mean, I think he would have. Would you not have? I mean, what was that? I thought that was the Darnold draft. No, 2019 no. was okay, Quentin Williams. Right. It was Quentin Williams. All right, Quinn Williams. Yeah, and he would have drafted. Right, yeah. I, I, well, it was it was more like uh, Douglas does a good job at getting um, you know extra picks and and finding players in second and third. Douglas is Douglas has been very well respected in the second. Look what he yeah. found. Look at it, Michael. That's something that never did well. But, I mean, but, I, I I couldn't name any second round draft picks that. Dude, did look any. at those. There's a whole YouTube video. Of dude, two years ago, know, right. two years so, yeah. ago. Look what he did. Yeah. Michael Carter the second. He found him in the fourth round. Look, Going he's back one to Reggie Rembert, nineteen ninety. He's Jeez. one of Michael Carter is one of the top top fifteen corners in the league. He's a slot mm-hmm. corner. I mean, look at him. He got hurt last year against Minnesota. He he came off the field. They scored a touchdown. I I, I mean, you people forget. Everybody keeps talking about DJ Reed and obviously Swiss Garner, but people don't see the other guys that play. Eccles, he found Eccles. Just yep. I mean, Joe Douglas. Look how good Eccles has been when he sta- he starts to fill it. They have a, 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 an abundance of corners on this team that could play and start. We haven't seen Bryce Hall all season. 
This right. is a guy that was one of the be- in the first half one of the elite corners in the NFL. He falls apart in the second half. He loses his job to Sauce Garner, and the guy doesn't suit up anymore. Mm-hmm. So and and look, the Jets tried to trade him in the you know at the trade deadline, and then they realized that teams weren't giving him enough to offer, so they didn't trade him. And, and right. by the way, Joe Douglas doesn't trade anyone. But, Mark, you bring up a good point, though, with that draft, too. They didn't have a pick in the second round, but in the third round, they took Ja'Kai Polite, which didn't work out. And that was a very, like, Mike McCagden, like, high risk, but really – or high risk, but really, like, high reward because he was a first-round talent. But there were, like, a lot of good players. A couple good players went after that. Draymond Jones, who's played well for the Broncos. Jermaine Pratt for yeah. the Bengals. Terry McLaurin. There, there was a couple of them. David Montgomery. A lot of those guys that maybe Joe Douglas would have found one of those guys and made, made that kind of thing work. Now, let me, let me ask you guys a question here, okay? Uh, you, you saw Tampa Bay last night, right? Yeah, barely squeaked by. Okay. Now, Tampa Bay has only, only has 879 rushing yards so far this year. Yeah, okay? sounds about right. <laughs> I looked that up. As far as, like, uh, fewest rushing yards through 12 games, uh, for teams, like, most teams that have that few of rushing yards, like, have a losing record. Uh, 2019 Dolphins, they're the, they right. had the few rushing yards through 12 games. That was the team that had Ryan Fitzpatrick as their leading rusher. Right. Okay. Um, then the 91 Colts with 774, 2000 Chargers, 2005 Cardinals, 90, and the 92 Colts. Each of those teams finished with losing records except for the uh, 92 Colts who were 9-7, and seven, but they still didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so Tampa Bay right now, the only team that had a 500 or better record with as few rushing yards through this many games was the Vikings in 2016. Wow. So mm. Tampa Bay has like, you know, they got Brady and obviously Brady is a guy that can pull you know stuff out of his, out of his rear like he did mm. uh, yesterday. And he's, he's done that time and time again. What I a think, lucky like, guy last yesterday. That was that was yeah, everything it, fell together for them. I mean, seriously, it does. It, it just does, though. I mean, it, it you know, it, even after he got the penalty. <laughs> the, 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 did you hear his interview, touchdown. by the way? Did you hear his interview? And he, no, I didn't. Oh, uh, it, it's so funny. It was so fitting because it was his daughter's birthday. And Brady? Uh, yeah, it was Brady's daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, you know, after the game, they were asking him questions. And this mm-hmm. is the, 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 the lady, the, I forget the broadcast that was interviewing him said, um, He's like, this is the, this is only the second time in your career that you came from a 13 point deficit under six minutes in the fourth quarter. The last time you did that was the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl? Yes. And you know what, you, you know what he says? He says, you know, I, you know, every single, he says, every single year, every single second that I, I move forward in my career, I forget things. Yeah. You, yeah, right. You forgot that. I mean, well, no, not not that game, but I mean, like even the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, maybe he was down ten points in the fourth quarter in that game. This um, is thirteen points, which is thirteen points, 13 points yeah, under 13 five points. minutes. Under five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, that was the, the, the even the minutes. Atlanta game wasn't like that. They were only down one possession with five minutes right. ago. I mean, you know, honestly, the the coaching yesterday, you know, the Saints, he should be fired. <laughs> the fact that he has his job uh, today, and I, Brian said it best. He said, "Watching that game, I would have fired the coach at the end of the game. He that was hard." Yeah, but it's not like it's it's Brady. I mean, if, if it was, you know, like, even you know, if it was Brady, dude, Wilson, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle if it Shanahan, was Zach Wilson, it would be a much better case. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> That's not saying much, but okay. But, but the, um, pen, the penalty didn't help either That in the end zone. I don't think the guy would have caught the pass anyway. Uh, <laughs> it was horrible. And, it, and I, I, I got something for you, Speedy, okay? Because oh. I, I, I like trying to, you know, get with trivia questions here. Mm-hmm. All right. So the NFL, you know, they changed the overtime system in 2010 where they no longer allowed field goals on a first possession to Correct. win the game. You have to, okay. So who were the two players in, in NFL history since, you know, since the merger in 1970 that have scored overtime touchdowns on rushing plays? Overtime touchdowns on rushing plays? Yep. And you're talking about just all running backs? I could be. I you know. I'm. It's. They have a bunch of guys like Travis Kelsey caught a caught a game winning touchdown pass to win an overtime game two years ago, I believe, or last year. Um, yeah, against had, the Chargers, uh, I remember that he broke all those tackles. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, uh, like uh, Dave Casper catching a game winning pass against uh, for the Raiders in 1977. You had. Oh, you're you talking had, about on the first play. No, not on the first play. Or on okay. the first drive. I'm, I'm trying to give you examples. Remember when Steve Smith scored a touchdown, 2003 playoffs? Yeah. To beat the Panthers, Panthers beat the Rams. Right. Like, okay. Th- th- that's a play from scrimmage. So this was a, a rushing play from scrimmage um, in, in the NFL playoffs. Oh, in the NFL playoffs. In Oh, oh in the playoffs. In Debo Samuel? In, in the playoffs in overtime. No. Ooh, that is a good question. That is a very good question. Yeah, obviously, the first ever rushing touchdown was Alan Michi, okay, in 58. John um, Riggins, was he one? No. Not John Riggins? No, no the Redskins didn't make the – or didn't go to overtime. Okay, I, I don't know exactly right. who went to overtime. All right, though, though, All right. so in, in 2008 – I don't know if you remember this game, but 2008, uh, the Chargers beat the Colts and Darren Sproles had it. Of course. Uh, who doesn't, who doesn't remember Darren Sproles, okay. one of the smallest running backs we've ever yeah, seen? Yeah, you're the eight Chargers. Yeah, that's and I remember him more eight. with, I remember him more with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles, yeah, the Saints. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. really good. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then in 2000, this was a, a game where remember Peyton Manning he came in in '99. They won a division uh, after they were like you know three and thirteen in '98. Adrian James. Um, no, so in, in 2000. Uh, they they took a step back and they made it as a wild card team. Okay, Lamar Smith beat beat you know the Dolphins beat the Colts in a wild card game at Miami. Uh, there was 17 yard touchdown run and that knocked them out. It was like shocking that it happened. He ran for over 200 yards that game. Uh, Lamar Smith. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't have got Lamar. Not a very good <laughs> running back. And for Miami at the time, and Miami had one year you know past Dan Marino. Marino's last game they lost like 62 to seven. To Jacksonville, um, so, and I, I, I was I was just looking that up because I wanted to see how many times that had happened with rushing touchdowns. So the only two ones outside of Amici wow. that wow. I found. Yeah, that is surprising. No, I, w- I definitely would have gotten Lamar Smith. I kind of remember the Darren Sproles one now. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah, eight, that, that was the again, eight and eight Chargers that barely squeaked in the playoffs. They won four straight games to to get in over yeah, the Chiefs. Eight I think eight. it was. Yep. Yeah, eight and eight. Right, and, and that, but it was Peyton, always Peyton Manning's kryptonite. So then they beat him in the playoffs. Yep, yep, and that, yeah, that Colts team was twelve and four, and both both those games, Lamar Smith and Darren Sproles, they're both uh, against Peyton Manning. And then Speedy was walked to the bus stop, right? 
On a Sunday? Probably not. <laughs> uh, the school bus stop, you know? Yeah, but the playoffs are usually on the weekends. I don't think I would have yeah, gone to we'll, school. We'll, we'll take you to the school. We'll take you to, you know, we'll take you to kindergarten. Buses, I don't again. think would have been running at that time. Uh, yeah, but we'll take you to kindergarten again, okay? In 2008? I was yeah. 13. Well, you, well. you, know, we, we, you were sent back. In 2000, yeah. In 2000, I might have been in We'll send you back again a couple of years. What do you think? Well, t- 2000, I was in kindergarten with the Lamar Smith one. So maybe that, in that mm-hmm. case, that could be. I don't Let know. Let me what, tell you something. I don't know exactly what day that game was, Mark. But it, uh, it was you, a Saturday. I might, I might have, yeah, okay. Saturday Speedy, or Sunday. Speedy needs a haircut, Mark. He really needs one bad. It looks like a mop on the top of his head. You know? I have to say this about Speedy. He's 27 years old. I haven't seen a gray hair. 28, right? 27. 27. I haven't seen a gray hair. Funny, funny <laughs> enough, my, my father actually had some gray hairs when he was a teenager. But I, I don't know what he has in his pants. That's the thing. Okay. You know? I, I'm not explaining that. Well, you, do, you did say I'm not you, explaining you do that. have an Amazon okay, rainforest enough, there, enough. don't you? I, I want to tell Mark this because uh, it's funny. My father actually had some gray hairs as a, as a teenager. Between and, his legs. No, enough with the legs. Oh, and yeah, my, yeah. my mother say and it. some of their friends would always reference it as the paint spot, they called say it. Say what just, I'm telling you. It's just like about random spot. spots on his hair that were gray. And this was when he was a teenager. How do we get on this topic? Because he brought up my hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm right. trying to deviate away from him talking about inappropriate hair. Yeah. But, uh, well, but you do have hair. Enough. I'm just saying. I'm just really getting through it here. It, mm. it means a lot to me. Anyways, we're talking to Mark Everett Kelly, uh, a very close friend, a, a broadcaster, researcher, Emmy Award winning, fantastic personality. And uh, he actually uh, has nicer hair than Speedy. He actually <laughs> shaves between his legs. Let's go, Mark. What else would you like to get into? Yeah, I, I try to keep that. You know, it's kind of a personal yeah. You know, thing. you have to take care of yourself over there. You still do. Yeah, we all have our grooming. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Speedy doesn't. He doesn't know what grooming yeah. is. You know, <laughs> his grooming yeah, he, is is uh, you know, look at it and hopefully it doesn't fall out. Here we you go. Need to get one of those lawnmowers. Oh, you know? he needs one, man. I, I mean, honestly, right, Speedy? I don't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. But we'll say yes. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, yeah. So then, one other thing I I, was, I noticed you know, when I was looking up, you know, how teams scored in overtime. It's only one defensive touchdown and one in an overtime game. The Carlos Dansby one. That one I know <laughs> against the Packers. Right. I, I, you know what? I, I that one I, I I left out. You're right. There was two because Al, oh, Al okay. Harris had the other one. That's the one. I, yeah. Okay. You're right. Carlos Dansby against 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 Green, Green Bay. Bay. There was a fifty-one forty-five game. I love 51, that game. And did, didn't didn't he kick it? Didn't yeah? Like, he popped it up into the air off of his knee and then caught it. Right. and then returned it for a touchdown. Dansby, one of my favorite linebackers. I loved yeah, him yeah, too. Okay, yeah, so there, there were two then, and Al Harris was the other one. What okay. was your what was your favorite? Oh, against Seattle, yeah. That's what right. was your favorite NFL play you have ever seen? Your favorite. Mine? Your favorite. I'll tell you mine. I, I'll tell you. And I, I right, when Marshawn Lynch ran all over the Saints. You remember that? Yeah. Saints won the Super Bowl the year later. Uh, the the Seattle Seahawks with a losing record gets into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Marshawn Lynch yeah. just friggin' ran through the whole defensive line and secondary and somehow what was it? Fifty yard run. He couldn't yeah. couldn't be stopped. He I cursed mean, the Saints that was, that was for seven years. That was probably the craziest, most awesome thing I have ever seen. Uh, you know, a player do. And 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 the funny thing is, if if the the end zone was even further, he needed to score again. He he probably could have went another twenty thirty yards. I know. I, I mean, it's then unbelievable. They don't give him the ball at the one yard line when yeah. you have a chance. To yeah, pages. I I have no idea. But that was one of the that was probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in the playoffs. Any of you, Speedy? What was the craziest thing you've ever seen? 
in the playoffs. Yeah, you, have the answer? you know what? You, you're, you're last because you know why? Yours uh, is probably very interesting. You know, you know what's an in, in, was an interesting one is that Steelers Jaguars playoff game that David Garrard run yeah. on fourth down was absolutely well over. Thir- I forget the exact number. It was over thirty yards though. Set them up in the first half because the Steelers were like world beaters at that time. Like they it was thought of them and the Patriots are the best rosters in the NFL. Here comes the Jaguars. They make the playoffs for the first time in who knows how long, and they go. They he gets that run on fourth down, sets up a field goal range. Josh Scobie makes a field goal and it shocks the steel. In that moment was just insane. All right, Mark, you're the last. Let's hear it. Uh, but I mean, a couple of things stick out. The, the play before, um, for uh, they threw the intercept, Wilson threw the interception at the one year old line. Remember, I think Jermaine Curse had a yes. catch where it kicked off uh, uh, with the Patriot defender. It was, and then like, it hit uh, him too. Yeah. Miraculous play. A typical, like the Patriots were thinking, oh my God, here we go again. Because the Patriots have a history of allowing game winning touchdowns in the final minute of Super Bowls, you know, or game tying or, or go ahead touchdowns. Uh, and everyone thought that was going to happen again. The thing that shocked me the most about that is that Belichick didn't call timeout. Mm. And like the co- clock was ticking. I'm thinking this arrogant, you know what? How is he not calling a timeout? And then, of course, it worked out. Um, but there was another. There was a great playoff game in 2002 between the Steelers and the Titans, uh, where Joe Nedney missed like two field goals, and the Steelers got penalties called on each one oh, of them. Geez. One of them was a uh, was Nedney like he, he was he won I, I think Academy Award for this performance, but they said he hit him after the, the mm. you know the kick went wide and it was a roughing the kicker penalty. And this was so obvious that no one touched him and he just spun around. Um, and that those were, you know, remember in 2001, the Steelers and Cordell Stewart, 13 mm-hmm. and three, had the best record in the AFC and then lost to the Patriots in the championship game. Um, you know, Cower, as their, as their coach, they always were in the playoff run, uh, you know, from 92 to when he retired in 2005 when he actually won a Super Bowl. But those Steelers teams were really good. Um, and the Titans, they, they had a really good rivalry. Eddie George was running back. I was just going to um, say Eddie George when he when he got stopped at the, uh, you know, at the end of the game in the Super Bowl on the four, it, mm-hmm. it was well, like, that was Eddie George. That was Kevin. I Tyson. was just going to yeah. yeah, I was going to I was just going to say Eddie George. You, it's, you took the name right out of my head. He was. I saw him one time at, at an airport. Uh, one and, one of the nicest people you'll ever yeah. meet. He is a yeah, Ohio State grad. Yeah, he was, he was, I mean, he was, I remember one year he had over 400 carries mm. uh, with the Titans. They just ran him into the ground. Wow. Uh, but uh, probably my, my favorite playoff game that I've, that, that I've seen was either two. It was uh, the Chargers and Dolphins. I was seven years old watching that game, mm. 41-38. Keller Winslow, they had to carry him off the field because he like, single-handedly mm. uh, kept the Chargers in the game. Um, and it was just so, so many great plays back and forth. Um, and then, uh, the, see, one of the championship games was uh, the Niners and the, uh, and the Cowboys. This was same, same year, actually in 81, mm. when Dwight Clark caught a touchdown pass from Joe Montana. That. Those yeah. are like my first real playoff memories. Um, the Jets that year lost to Buffalo in a wild card round. Please don't remind me. Yeah, Please. but that, that was like one of the few game playoff games they had at Chase Stadium. So um, that those the, I think my first memories of sports those are the kind of ones that stick out. And like the Jets losing to the Bills, I, I cried like a baby. 
And my sister was like consoling the seven-year-old, wondering what the hell was wrong with this kid. Why would he be crying at seven years old? The other two games, the Dolphin game was the next weekend, and the Cowboy game was the week after. And uh, Vince Scully was calling that game um, for the Niners, uh, the Niners and Cowboys. And the Cowboys were so great. You know, everyone expected them to to come back even after that. And I think it was Preston Pier- or Pearson, Drew Pearson, or one of the other wide receivers that they had caught a ball at the 50 yard line on like the Cowboys first play from scrimmage after they got the ball back. And one of the 49ers uh, defensive backs caught him and he caught him like right on the, uh, right on the shoulder pads. And then he brought him down. It was Eric, right? Otherwise it would have ran for a touchdown and Cowboys would have won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone forgets that play. It was Drew Pearson actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Danny White to Drew Pearson. And like then, the Cowboys were at the 50-yard line with like a minute left, but um, they they wind up fumbling the ball, uh, and the Niners wind up winning. And everyone forgets the Niners weren't the Niners yet. Like they were just a nobody, and the Cowboys were the big bad Cowboys. So, um, me as a seven-year-old, I didn't know any of that, and it was a it was a great game to watch. So I, that's what I would probably say. Well, Mark, we love you. Keep up love the good too. work. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll reach out to you in the next day or so. Uh, we'd love to get you. Maybe tomorrow, if you want to come on a little bit early, you could come on Wednesday. Okay. You're more than welcome. Yeah. yeah. Come on Come on earlier so you you could join us. We'll let you come on for a while. Well, I would have, but, you know, you I told know. me you guys said yes, right? Yes. I mean, we have guests tomorrow, but you can you could come on you tomorrow. You could come on at 9, 9.30, yeah. something like that. Yeah. All right, boys. Yeah. Hey, always nice talking to you. Absolutely, Brian. Obviously, Mark Ever Kelly, fantastic person, fantastic friend, good, oh, yeah. good guy. Absolutely. Um, Always coming with the trivia questions. Yes, thank you to Brian Drake for joining us. Serious uh, radio pro fo- football focus, uh, fantasy football extraordinary. Thank you yes. to him. Uh, shout out to Eric Eager. Hopefully, he feels better. We'll get him on soon. Uh, we might be getting Bilal Powell on yeah. the show. Uh, next week, that would be fun. X Jet, uh, one of my fan favorites. I, I was a big favorite fan. I, I was a big fan favorite of his. I, I I liked Bilal Powell. I think he was a really underrated running back for the New York Jets and throughout the league. Uh, his his career was stopped short because of back problems. So um, getting him on the show would be fun. Um, and and another Jet, another Jet to get. He was a Jet his whole career. He didn't go anywhere else. So he's a Jet and always will be a Jet. So interested to get Bilal on and, and talk to him about what he's doing off the field and his career with the Jets and the Rex Ryan era because he was there. He was there. He was one of Rex Ryan's favorites too, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Uh, but that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. tomorrow. So stay tuned as always. Shout out to the Beave, Jeff, all of you. Good night. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.